Now nah, we're gonna apologize. I think everybody that watches your show, by the way, we're live now. Everybody that watches your show, as uh, if you look at the Twitch, is heavily advertised now underneath your name. <laughs> uh, is gonna know all about the internet situation that Willie Scandals has coming fixed in the near future with a finite date, but unfortunate or as people coming. But but as you just witnessed, we are going to have to have some choppy internet worlds going on, but it should be all right. We'll live with it. We'll work with it. Meanwhile, welcome, Willie Scandals. Welcome to the show. Everybody's here and excited for you, Willie. I'm excited to have you here. This isn't our first time doing this, but it is certainly our first time doing this live. I'm one second with you. Awesome. So yeah, it's good to have you back on the show. I mean, Willie Scandals came through and did one of the longer, longest in-person interviews. I think only CB Mac beat him and, and not very many others did. Um, he came through before it was super illegal. It was a lovely conversation before even the show evolved and stuff. So in a lot of ways, if you really want to go through a lot of the life story of Willie Scandals, we really did cover a lot of it in the first part of it, which means we're going to be a little more... Lucy and flowy with this version of it as we go through it so that y'all might know my name is Holden Stefan Roy and this is Bridge the Gap the show where we take very smart people like Willie Scandals people who have lived lives and done things and then we extract the knowledge nuggets from their existence and we share it all with the world I know Willie knows all about it as you can even see our logo up on his show so we fucking homeboys at this point we doing the thing Willie's a huge inspiration to us, you know, because, like, for real, in case y'all don't even know, back when COVID started, the man launches this kicking it live thing. And that's why it's in the show there. If you have MP3s of your music, send it to willyscandals at gmail.com and he'll play them live Friday night. And so, you know, as an artist, you see that shit and you kind of go, <laughs> okay. Like, you know, like, there's always a catch. There's always this caveat. There's always this thing. Uh, that's fair. Uh, so, yeah, there's always this thing. Willie's sound is low. Fuck me. Uh, that is a good point. So, it's a good thing Willie hasn't said much yet. Willie's sound won't be low anymore. Yep. Oh, yeah. Now I got to turn you down on my end. We okay. Don't worry, Chris. You're going to hate this <laughs> in the editing. Well, it's just because I was far from the mic. That's why. No, it really wasn't. It was because in my OBS, I was running your music through the same part. I have Zoom going and I turned it all the way down. So it okay. was all on my end. Um, but Chris, Willie okay. has internet issues. What's up, Julia? Welcome to this side of Twitch. <laughs> Um, hey man, but if you look outside your windows, if you're in the Montreal area, man, it's it's not just my internet; it's the the world around us too, right? There's a blizzard out there, man. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. But I just paid Videotron slash I contacted Videotron, and for the same price, got better internet. So I'm gonna act like I paid more for it, but I'm actually paying a little less. <laughs> it is what it is. But it boosted it, so like they promised the super new technology, and it better be fucking yeah, for sure. But nah, we're like. Well, that's that's the same phone call I had with my provider, so we're gonna hope that uh, is a video channel. They come through. Or do you guys have a? No, no, one? we have we have a local one here in the community. It's called uh, First Nations. Oh, that's Shout fresh. out to First Nations. They're all right. That's fresh, man. 
so yeah willie though so like i was saying a bit though willie was a huge inspiration because um yeah he does this show and as an artist you see somebody post some shit like send your mp3s over to blah 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 and you're like fuck off man sometimes they go and if you pay 30 dollars <laughs> you'll cut the line and you're like for what your 57 views my guy like relax um and then i, pl I sent it in to <laughs> willie and then the motherfucker played the shit and he had really insightful shit to say about it. You could tell Willie didn't know how to process my music, but cared still. And I was like, that's fucking cool. And then I have watched countless people have the exact same conversation with me after. Because I've gotten into the habit of screenshotting Willie playing people's song and like sending it to them in Facebook messages. And they all go, he actually fucking played it? And it's like, <laughs> thanks for that, no, by the way, man. Dope. Thing, I didn't even you know, know you do that. I don't like to brag about those kinds of things, really. I don't know. Well, that's it, man. It's good, it's good though. But um, I just thought it was just to let you know. Everyone else kind of felt the same kind of way a bit. Like, yo, not many people are so, like, about it, about it. Like, Willie is never... I don't think you've asked yeah. a single person for a dollar for a fucking thing like this outside of your... Nah, hit man, up not, not ever, shit. man. But that's dope. So. Just come watch the show, you know? And just just come enjoy the show, man. And that's that's all I ask, you know? share it with your friends so like they can see that uh you know it's all about the music and it's a you know? good vibe like, when when when, <laughs> when the covid fucking struck us and uh we had no places to go but it's just i wanted to give you the love because um i sincerely believe in what your show has done i personally met multiple rappers because of your show yeah i mean what else can i say there, there is somebody on my album that just came out last year that I met on Willie Scandals' show. So, like, it's been impactful to my life. I see Critical's in the chat. I met Critical <laughs> through Willie's show. Like, there's so much fucking cool. And then Willie has a laugh on that show that makes it totally better, and it's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about promoing your show. And if you have Amazon Prime, you can subscribe to Willie or Behind That Suit. Anyhow uh so let's do my token first question that you didn't get the pleasure of answering when we did it and then we'll just kind of go from there because i don't have a huge like structure in this episode i'm just gonna pick your brain i guess and go with it uh but i did want to start off with my proper like token first question because we didn't really talk about like a super young willy because i didn't know that that would be interesting to people until i started doing this shit later on so let me uh, do the question, which I'm pretty sure you've heard before, but it's for the peeps and all the ones that don't watch anything else. It's a bit of yeah. a doozy. Go through my little story, and then uh, we get into it. So right. one time, my girlfriend is washing the dishes, and I swear she has not played this song since I've started doing this story. Uh, she was washing the dishes, and she was playing that Black Eyed Peas song. I got a feeling. Ooh. Yeah, shout out to the Black Eyed Peas, man. Yeah, Taboo is my homie. Really? Cool. That's a well, I've talked to him. And I've talked to him a few times, like everybody else. You know what I mean? But like, I mean, he's a good dude. You know, he's a solid for the native hip hop scene. Mm. He's a good dude. Respect. Yeah, big respect too. Um, and uh, anyway, so she's playing that shit. She's like dancing. She's like fucking doing her thing. And I had this epiphany as I did uh, that once upon a time, this this song, this chores music, this thing that she's doing the dishes to, was once upon a time that club music back in the day that shit where like people would sat around in a circle and drunk as fuck dancing to that same very song which fucked me up a bit because it made me realize like wait a second 
out of these club songs today that people is getting faded to and getting around and having fun to is really just going to turn into the soundtrack to their exercises and their chores and all that stuff that they're going to do in their growing ups and their right, right, right. which is just kind of fascinating in general to think about how music and time and how all the vibes and shit change over time but when you start thinking about like vibes and how they associate to music it brought me back to like being super young and you know when you're super young it's like you don't have any control over the music. It's just a bunch of other people around you. So in my case, my dad is playing this Led Zeppelin through the tapes and whatnot. My mom's got her shitty disco, like, knockoff tapes that she's playing, and she's playing those as well. And it's like, you know, there was just different vibes. Maybe in the car there was some Krista Berg, and there was some this or this and that. So I was super curious if you could bring us all the way back to when you were, like, super-duper young and the earliest memories you have, the sounds of your youngster days well uh, i can go back to uh when i first like really realized music and like that there's there's more to it than just the songs that you write and record so um i'd have to say um queen queen was uh, an album that my father had in his record collection and then um I remember the, the, the sleeve folded out like eight ways and it was a giant robot and it had all kind of crazy art and there's a girl and, you know, it was it was just like fancy stuff that, uh, you know, when you're like seven, eight years old, you don't realize these these visuals actually mean something to the music, you know, you're just looking at it. So then when, when I when I got older, I, like a 16-year-old kid, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was we gotta, like... We gotta stay young. No, 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 listen, listen, listen. I'm, just gonna ju- I'm not gonna skip all those years. I'm just gonna skip the, what, what, what I mean. It's like when I got to like 16, that's when I realized like, you can't just put a song out there and, and have nothing. You got to put art to it too, you know? I so know. like, I would honestly say, I would honestly say um, eight years old is when I really thought about, um, you know, at, at that time uh, uh, that, that this is more than just a song, you know, it's more than just an album. There's fancy art to make it look like it's a movie and there's, 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 there's theatrical shows and it, you know, it all came to, to, to make sense. But the I'm doing my chores songs today, um, I mean, I'd have to go back to like, you know, the late 80s, early 90s when I was at the Community Youth Center dances and stuff, you know, the Young MCs, the the Salt and Peppers, the, you Come know, on, had that kind of dances? stuff was, was huge. What's that? You had youth dances? What's oh, it? yeah, man. Every Friday dance? night we had, we had a Community Youth Center here and we had uh, dances. We had DJs there and, uh, you know, they weren't your, your typical DJs like Blaster or anything like that, but they were definitely playing records. <laughs> I mean... I had like guy that the school rented. It wasn't like anything like Blaster either. So like I never did that community circuit grind in my life anywhere. So like yeah. I don't know. And I've noticed a lot of people in hip hop lately have actually in their younger days passed through some kind of a youth center that did some kind of thing like that. So it's super nifty yeah. to me. Is that still around? Yeah. Is that still a thing? Oh yeah, it still it still runs it it still runs today. They have um they have a, like a five star gym in the top floor. Uh they do all kinds of crazy events for the community. Just actually, we're in the middle of the youth center winter carnival right now, as we speak on this uh, on, on this interview. So, like, it, they're big, man. I, I could remember playing ball hockey for for a league in the youth center, you know. And I, my team was the Jellyfish, man. Just think about that. Like seven, eight, nine, ten year old kids running around screaming, "We're the Jellyfish!" <laughs> That's awesome, no? That sounds fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then they're like you. I mean, after school, you had these programs, right? You, you'd run over to youth center and do your programs. There was art classes, beadwork, um, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So uh, plus the sporting activities in the gym and all of that. 
But then, you know, everything leads up to the dance on Friday night, you know, and then that's where everyone gets their shoulder moves. And uh, that's pretty much where you got your real introduction into, like, I, I I can't just stand here because, like, I'm not cool as them if I just stand here. So, like, and then, you know, so we start dancing and, and mingling with the ladies. And then, and, you know, you become you become a young adult in, through grade school. And um, but, uh, yeah, that was uh, the community youth center here in Gunawagi at a it was a huge part of our, our, our musical upbringing, definitely. So you're saying that, like, effectively at, like, a very group level, as in your whole community. Um, also, just, why don't you describe what Ganawage is for the people that don't know? Because I know that a lot of people do know, but just yeah. so that they do know. Well, we're uh, Ganawage Mohawk Territory. Uh, on the big picture, they call it a reserve, but we kind of turned that around and said, you know what, this ain't reserved to us if it's our original land, so we're going to protect it as if it's our territory. Um, we try to keep as sovereign-minded as possible, as traditional to 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 what is, is real in the modern world. Um, you know, and um, I'm just here to send a message, man, and uh, the community I'm from is is definitely a great place to be. It's, it's, it's an honor to be a Mohawk man, but at the same time, I want to just be recognized as a human in hip-hop, you know? I'm you, a human in entertainment, man. It's just like, you know, like, hey, man, you're always, like, native hip-hop this and native, you know, like, come on, man, jeez. I, I, I like to explain this one because it, I always feel like that's that's where this goes, you know what I mean? Oh, I just said it because I wrote Ganawage on the fucking video. And I okay. Maybe we okay, for those that don't know, uh, we're, we're definitely a Mohawk territory on the on the south shore of Montreal. I'm literally literally a stone throw away from the Bell Center. I can get there in 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Um, but it's a whole different world when you get on this side of the water. Um, the laws change, the way we live, the way we act, the way... I mean, I find myself sometimes in, in your chats on your on your channel, and I'm like, shit, I got to stop, man, because they're like, they have a different type of sensitivity on the outside of our community, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, shit, I, did I go too far? You know, like... I have a feeling like sometimes I have that, you know what I mean? So it's, I got to remember that we're, we're, we're our stern, straight up people and we're a fierce nation. And sometimes I got to remember that I don't have to be that way all the time. You know what I mean? That's super nifty. Uh, and I mean that sincerely. Like, yo, for me, it's like, how often do I really get to talk to people about stuff that goes on anywhere that's not where I'm at, you know? So, yeah. And it's right across from Montreal, right? Like, we, we don't perceive it the same way that you perceive it. Like, I didn't even know it wasn't a territory until, or at least your, your, you don't classify it as a territory the way that Canada classifies it, right? Uh, yeah. I didn't even know that until the last time we talked on this interview. So it's like an education mm -hmm. thing. Or recently, I learned a certain word is probably not one I should use in your presence or many others because it's a, it's a, I didn't even know it was offensive. And just learning that well, was like a bit. No, but you're, it is for your people yeah. for very good reasons. And it's kind of on me, in my opinion, to know the history so that I can respect that. Am I going to maybe yeah. exclusively not use it for? I can't promise that. It's a very versatile fucking word. Oh, but no, definitely. When definitely. I think about its inherent meaning, uh, it really is specific and it doesn't have a lot of deviations if you really break down the etymology of who mm -hmm. used it and why in most contexts. Yeah. Even the context upon which it's used in hip-hop is that it's breaking civilized norms. So it's like, yeah. I get it. I understand why that's a bad word to maybe use. 
I'm not going to use it here out of respect. If, people don't want, if anyone wants to know, holla at me after kind of thing. I don't know. I like to exchange it for beast. Like, why can't you be a beast? You know, like, that's, you're a beast. You know, like, to me, like, it's the same word. You know, like, it's, it's it, just, it, it symbolizes the same shit, you know? It's the one that's so, like, after, I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you got to remember the people that are around you at all times, you know? Like, I feel there's certain parts of the world where they just don't remember about our people at all or understand that, uh, you know, we still exist with a fucking strong mind. They think we're just all the stereotypes, you know, like sitting on corners in the cities and shit. And, and it's the total opposite. There's less of them and more of us, you know, successful, driven fucking people that want to uplift the nation rather than, you know, drifting away, you know? So... I mean, hey, man, you could go any way you want, you know, like uh, for me as a 10 year old kid during a 1990 Oka crisis and, and for at least the next 15 years of my life, that specific S word was a word of hatred. And I I never liked it, you know, ever since. And, and, and I watched cops turn their backs. I watched, you know, soldiers use it towards women and children. So it. You know what I mean? It, I... <laughs> for myself, I can't hear that and not think that it counts for, you know, like if I ignore what you're saying and I don't like, because, yo, it doesn't matter necessarily what, this is my stance on this. Y'all don't even have to agree with me. That's not really the point. But my stance is uh, if I know for a fact that there are going to be people out there that are going to be bothered by my use of the word, then it's a different yeah. situation on, on the internet, right? I don't know how many, I know at least a few people in my, in the groups that show up would possibly be offended by that word simply because of where they live. You know, they're also in little in, in their own communities. So it's like, yeah. what is the benefit in that particular word? Unless I'm using it in some scholarly purpose <laughs> upon which, <laughs> which yeah, maybe amongst the the honky brethren of mind, I might drop a word or two to make the point, like and try to like whatever sometimes. But even then, let's say you use something like ironically, like yeah, yeah. let's be fucking real. I started saying shit like it's Liddy bro ironically. I and I started saying all this. I started saying yo. I started listening to fucking Gucci Gang to make fun of Chris. Hey, and now I listen to Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. It's a fucking good song to me because so like, let's say you do some fucking shit like use humor of hate or offensive shit, even in an ironic context. I feel yeah. like you can subconsciously condition yourself into a desensitization that allows you to use that word casually, way too easily, or, or any word or any idea, you know. So I really appreciated you taking the time to like deal with that situation the way that you did and then not snap at me like you wanted to. No, I, I like I said, man, I, I played sports at a high level and uh, at that time becoming a teenager and going through, you know, like from age 10 to like 13, man, that was a tough time and becoming a teenager, an adult or whatever you want to call it at a professional level, if you want to look at it, because we were traveling far to play these sports, you know, so, and getting to these places, playing for a non-local team, you know, and I'm the, like, there's me and three other guys that are native on the team. So it's like, how did they even know? Did they go look in the score sheet and like, hey, these three are native, let's, let's just, it, you know what I mean? It was just—it was just a tough time. So like, I—I I can't take that word. You know, it bothers me to this day. Like now, I've learned to control my temper about it, and and rather drop knowledge than fucking fists. You know. 
Hey, so I want to pivot the subject on a very pointed way. Why did you wear pink today, Willie? Um, it's the anti-bullying day today, man. It's um every February twenty-fourth. We try to uh, bring awareness to uh, bullying, and then actually, I had a cousin recently that um committed suicide because she was bullied. And uh, here in Ganawage, we uh, honored her this day on this day by wearing pink throughout the community. So um, R.I.P. to my cousin Lexi. Mm. That's really cool. Um, I don't know. I'm decided. I'm distracted. I'm not gonna lie. Julian. Has, <laughs> Julian has decided that he wants to be a little bully in my chat and wants to be a little tough guy. And I thought it was with. Uh, it just distracted me a bit. Like. He, uh, first of all, it's offensive to Julian that people consume marijuana or something. It's also offensive okay. to Julian, I've seen this in your chat, that emotes are used, like offensive to him. He insults people, like to the point yeah. of insults. And apparently now my suit doesn't follow me. Or, I don't know. Evidently, Julian is a bully. And I just wanted well, to point that out because we don't like bullies up in my fucking world. So anyone can ban Definitely him. Not. We're going to just ban him right now. Cause that's what the fuck <laughs> no, He's I'm not fucking kidding. I am in full. Don't be a bully, man. I'm in full Bullies grounds are not like... to ban Julian based on the context of that shit. So. Hey, man, we're all adults, man. Don't be a bully. Come on. <laughs> it is what it is, man. So think about stuff. Talk about it. You know, don't, don't you don't need to do, go to that to that extent anymore, man. That's just it's just out of that's out of line, man. I agree. I'm just saying because I uh, came over and. uh like, here's the thing. I'm just, I guess it distracted me before, because while you were off, I'll fucking lampoon the shit out of him. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with that. Hey, I mean, man, you got to do what you got to do. Well, it's like, he's how you judge a motherfuckers for smoking weed like that? Like, who, just because you're in another country with different cultural I don't standards? Know, what, he's from France. He's made it abundant. Yeah, when I was in France, France, I smoked like a motherfucker. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like super taboo there too. Yo, so like, I know a whole we, we bunch of people in France that are mad blessed too. Well, some of my favorite people are French. You know, like don't even get yeah. me. Don't get it twisted. I just said the France because maybe he's from a different culture, right? Who knows? So maybe his culture doesn't understand. But that was just a, a little distraction, and I apologize for that, Willie. Yeah. Well, it, it's all right, man. I mean, like, hey, yeah, we can't, we can, uh, you know have the same fans all the time you know if he enjoys my show doesn't mean necessarily he's gonna enjoy yours and if he wants to come here and act a fool then that's what you get on this show you you show up and act the fool holding don't play that he cuts you the fuck out straight up it's pretty true. no he don't because i seen it go down in the cypher last night (laughs) well it's it's about the vibe like i want a hater for you i was bullied a lot in my life a lot in my life and not, not just yeah, like so. in high school, like straight into fucking adults. Now we're just like, get out of here, like deflect that shit. I don't need that, you know? Yeah, kind of. I mean, especially. I've seen a lot of, seen a lot of that go down. I, you know, I was I was on both sides of the fence, actually. I was bullied, then became a bully, then fucking learned this peace shit, you know? Like, let's just all get along type shit. So Ismail wants to know what is the significance of pink in this? Well, you know what? I'm uh, probably not the guy to ask about that. I'm just following what they're doing, and um, I should actually look it up, but I can't because my internet sucks. But um, is it like a bigger cause, or is it just your cause? Like, is it like tied into a bigger one, or is it like again a no, man? Cause? It's the whole world does this shit, man. Oh. The whole world does this. Okay, Bonnie, it's, can it's, you it's Google that? Yeah, man. <laughs> 
February 24th. Anti-bullying day. Wear pink. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding, man. It's, it's, I was just on the Google machine yesterday about it, actually, when um, when uh, bullying came up in the cypher topics. And I, I, I jumped on there. I was like, hey, man, when do we, what color do we wear again when we're fucking the, the... You know, there's all the colors, right, for the different, for the causes, right? So I, I Googled that real quick to find out what color it was for for bullying and i got the pink and then if you look back at the freestyle i ended my whole verse with something about wearing pink today you know so it led up to today you know here we are wearing pink <laughs> it was a good thing though your post was bold i commend you for for real reals like look not a lot of people are willing to take public stands for things and you know that there's going to be some goofball out there that feels a goofball kind of way and you still chose to do it yeah man whatever plus it makes a good thing about fly. that um <laughs> that that picture was actually taken from a, um, a ladies' night show. I think it was or a Valentine's night or something. It was like everybody wear red and pink type stuff, you know. And mm -hmm. I chose to wear pink. So apparently, as uh, your lady friend Bonnie has pointed out, it comes from a kid being bullied for wearing pink. Okay, so we'll stand up for that for sure, man. Nah, I respect that. So, uh, I've seen people get bullied for a lot damn less than wearing pink. That's fair though. Really, you're up to a whole lot of things in your life. And um, I've seen you be involved in about six or seven different things this year that are relatively nifty that I don't know a lot of people know about. Do you have, uh, you want to walk through some of those accomplishments and interesting things you've done in the last little bit? An example well, might um, be participating in the Cannabis Cup and all of your work. That's, that's the kind of stuff <laughs> you've been doing. Well, that one, um, that was that was cool, the Cannabis Cup, because I remember um, when I got caught wind of it, right? There was a big poster. Everything looked fancy. I was like, wow, this is cool. But I didn't, at the time, I wasn't uh, I wasn't as driven to be an event MC. You know? It wasn't like my focus, really. I was still trying to be like the artist. I know I could be an artist, but then, you know, this, I'm just, this is four years ago we're talking, you know? Like, I was still, like, thinking I'm going to be the next fucking Jay-Z type shit, so. Um, and, uh, I thought about it. I seen the flyer and as the days got closer and closer, cause they were booking their vendors, they were booking their sponsors, you know, and, and I seen the poster the whole time. I kept ignoring it. Finally, I was like, you know what? I did about 15 shows as the host in the last 11 months or whatever it was, you know, on prior to this event. So I was like, I got to hit these guys up and see if, if they have a spot for me. You know what I mean? Like. Maybe they don't have an indigenous uh, MC for the show, you know. So I was like, hey, you know, took a took a took a shot in the dark and uh, hit up the indigenous cannabis cup. I gave them my resume, and uh, at the time, I, I mean, it was impressive. Obviously, I was already into music over fifteen years and all of that. But as a host, my resume was like local shows and like uh, you know a couple of out of town gigs here and there. But um, <clears throat> it wasn't as extensive as it is now, right. and. Uh, so they, they agreed, and I was like, wow, what the fuck, you know, like, and this is like a month before the show, so now they're like, oh, well, can you send us a rider? We need you for four days, and they start giving me a list hold of hold everything up. You got needed. to, like, put out a rider? Oh, man, I'd be, yeah, yeah, for sure. What's that, a Willie Scandal's <laughs> rider? I want to know. Well, the thing is, is that I, I've had it before, it's just like, there was never, opportunities never knocked enough for them to actually request it, you know what I mean? It's like, more or less like here i'll give you my rider and they just laugh at you you know <laughs> i understand so. that i totally do but what is on the willie scandals rider does everyone know what a rider <laughs> is why don't you tell them what that is 
Oh, well, it's your list of demands, man. The kind of things that you want uh, presented to you to, for, for for giving you them, their, giving you them your services. Um, I'm, I'm basic, man. I don't need, I don't go crazy with nothing, man. Like it's a cannabis cup, so obviously you're looking at uh, you know bigger, bigger prizes, right? Like uh, <laughs> I like to call them prizes because there's so much to offer at an event like that. Um, it's not really um, requested, you know. It's like you know, simple, simple things like uh, you know, obviously VIP packaging and 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 access to things, uh, hotels and travel expenses, and you know the, the regular get me to the show, take care of me so, while I'm there, and let me get home. For you, that is regular. For a lot of us, that is not regular. So go, <laughs> go through more of the things. Like, let's talk more about that, what it is to be on the show, on the road, what you need to know as an artist. Because there are a lot of people that have, I've never sent a writer. I've never been fucking Googled what I should put in my writer before. That's never <laughs> happened. So, what, like, talk a bit about that. Like, what should be there and what you carry Well, on. I mean, um, <clears throat> if, you're, if you're traveling, I, I base it on one hour. If I'm one hour away from home, Right on a, on a Friday. I mean, on a, on a weekday, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. If I'm going one hour away from home, my prices are way down. Obviously, I mean, because I can go there and back in the same night and still go home, go to work the next morning. I don't have to take no days off. But um, if if we're talking like sixteen hours away, like some Halifax shit or something, uh, and, and airfares are completely out of the picture, well then, you should you should put your rate on top. And then your travel should be covered and your hotels and your food should be all covered if you're going that far. Mm. You know what I mean? And then, like, take a look at the sponsors on the flyer, see what kind of things. Like, hey, man, hit up the sponsors on the flyer. Be like, hey, look, I'll rock your sweaters. I'll rock, uh, you know, whatever the fuck on the stage. Then, hey, maybe you'll get hit with some free gear. So there's a, there's a few things you can do that will uh, definitely help you on the road to get home. Like, that sponsors thing is very fascinating. I don't ever really think like that. Like... I mean, to be fair, I don't get involved with a whole bunch of shit that has sponsors, but that's going to change for sure because I think, like, I'm going to look for more opportunities like that. But let's say you're in that moment. Like, I never would have really thought to contact him and be like, yo, what can you do for me, my guy? I can do it for you. Oh, yeah. You can do it for me. Well, like, I see it a little bit different, right? Because, like, I'm not just going there to wrap my 15-minute set. I'm going to be on stage the whole fucking night. I'm introducing everything that's happening throughout the evening and shit so that's a whole different ball game so um as as an artist i mean if you're gonna travel 16 hours you shouldn't be doing just a 15 minute set you know <laughs> first and foremost you know it should be you know a good hour set where you're gonna make sure you get paid uh, a decent amount of money to, to leave your your area for at least two three days um but i mean shit there's so much to go through uh, as far as uh you know if you're going to leave your house and go do shows outside your local area, you definitely have to have a merch table because you never know what's going to happen. The road might get rough and uh, that $50 you made on merch just might be handy. <laughs> right, you need to elaborate more on that too because that is fascinating shit. Like again, you don't understand how little I have fucking talked about this shit with anybody. Nobody's talking about tours. <laughs> Nobody's talking about this shit. So, yeah, I'm very curious to know more about it. More about how the road can get rough? <laughs> your life is interesting, Willie. That's what we're doing here. We're talking about your life wow. and how it can get interesting. 
man, we could tell some stories about just just road trips where where that fifty dollars on merch definitely came just, in handy. Just so I mean, you know, political panda says I like this guy. <laughs> That's yeah. good, man. Shout out to political panda, man. Mm. Definitely seen him in the chats. Yeah, he's a cool or guy. Or her. I don't know who it is. He or her or it, yeah, our I female. Male. He, and then I'm like, that's probably silly. I should probably get used to saying they more. And I'm not good at that. Yeah. And I know I'm Yeah, I'm very to. bad at that. I'm aware of that. And I'm fucking terrible <laughs> at it. And I apologize if in advance to the whole world. I'm going to offend on my journey of getting there. But I sincerely am with it. I will try my absolute best to say they as much as I can. I will, <laughs> I will do my best. That's fair. Um. Well, definitely, uh, the, like, like the road, the road is tough, man. Like it could be all gravy, right? If you're, uh, hooked up with the right promotional teams and all that, and they, they, they hire you and they give you a, a tour truck or van or, or a rental of some sort, it could be gravy like that, or, or they pay your flights or whatever it could be. But if, if they say, I'll pay you your gas and you got to drive whatever car you can find, if you don't own one mm. or find a driver that has a car because <laughs> these these things have happened in the past and uh shout outs to my boy peabody he was definitely our tour, tour tour bus driver even though it wasn't really a bus it was just a regular van but we called it the tour bus because there was six of us in it and um yeah man they're, they're just things that happen like um definitely the guy the guy driving can't be everywhere after the show right and if you're traveling with six people six people want to go in six different directions after the show's done you know chasing after some more weed chasing after a, a girl chasing after you know like other artists to go check out their studios or whatnot and uh now you're all in different parts of these unknown grounds because you're not from the areas and uh you're trying to get a hold of your driver who's trying to find the one guy that's still drunk at the bar trying to find the guy that's at the studio and he's driving around unknown grounds and all of a sudden you have no gas mm. and and this is, i'm talking before gps was all in our pockets so now it's like where's the nearest fucking gas station and uh how how the fuck are we getting gas and getting back to the hotel and getting all these guys back into the van so you never know what kind of obstacles you're gonna face on the road so be sure to always have merch in case of extra funds even though you're getting paid right your pay is going to be your pay and that's going to be banked or it's going to be used on your bills or paying for diapers because you know you guys can't keep it in your pants and uh um, you know there's a whole bunch of things <laughs> up you dropped that one in on purpose to see uh, diapers for real do people like for real reals oh man no i don't mean the artists i mean because they I'm talking because they got babies at home and shit, you know, like your pay is going to be spread out. So <laughs> no, I don't mean I was picturing <laughs> a bunch of artists like on shit. the road and you're like, fuck that. You know, you can't hold. No, it. I just mean like, you know, you're, you got your you got your bills to pay and stuff. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's always good to have that merch, because like I said, if if, if you have six guys and you're all in the same band, so that means if you sell one shirt, you're going to divide that whatever a profit mm -hmm. isn't between six. So you got to really push them fucking shirts, make sure everybody in the building has a shirt on. Um, but what I'm saying is after your pay, because your pay is going to obviously be put towards things that are bigger than just your music. And then in the end, if you have an agreement with your group members or your tour members where you're going to be like, all right, we'll take a percentage and we'll put it towards the tour fund, I guess. You know what I mean? Or the, you know, the 
bus repairs or the car repairs, like I said, gas runs out. Hey, guys, we have this little bundle of cash over here that we could use instead of taking from our pay. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's little things that you could do so while much, you're on the how road. How much money would you recommend? Let's say you're going to go about it with a proper savings account. What would be like, okay. like I don't know, let's say you go, what, what's a normal tour? First destination. Go destination first. One show. One show, where would you like to go? And I, I like I said, man, I've been some places before with a more notable uh, crew when I was in my earlier days, and we got some big dollars. So, like, I know the possibilities are out there. I know that there, there's there's big fish in the sea, so and it's just a matter. More from the opposite. Before, let's say you're gonna go on tour, you're gonna go yeah. like do a week or two or whatever, right? You're gonna go do a bunch of shits in a van or whatever. How much money do you want in your bank account before you leave to make sure you Gucci? <laughs> you definitely don't want to get fucked because you you know like if you want to you want to have everything in contract first definitely because you don't you don't want to have the end of the show coming and they're not giving you your end of the dough because only seventeen people showed up. That's not on you. That's on them. You should still get your money no matter what. It was on contract. So. Um, if you're not doing it by contract and you want to go just out of your pocket and say, let's fucking go. We're going to go from here to Toronto and back and we're going to do eight shows. Um, I would, I would suggest that each person in that car definitely has at least 2,500 bucks in their account each. You know, I would suggest that you're, you, you have no worries at any time. You know what I mean? You, I suggest that you should never have to lean on anybody else's shoulder unless the circumstances come to that, of course, as no, a collective, because it sucks big. to drag someone else's ass. That's an interesting number, because that's, that's bigger than I thought it would be. I'll be real with you. I was thinking smaller, uh, but that's fascinating. Well, I'm just saying to be, no, I'm just saying to be completely safe. You know, like, that's, uh, There's no worries at all. Because you know? you're right, because it's going to take into account your hotels, your food, the gas, right. potential. And that's, that's like I said, if you're... If, if you're coming from pocket, that's a fair number because you don't know what you're going to make at each show. Right. You know and what like, I mean? And I, I bring it up like that because let's be real. Most of us that I know at least, not you, Willie, I'm saying most people I know are not in a position where we're able to fucking line up some shit and go with some big names. Some people might yeah. be able to. But maybe a bunch of us can work together to go on tour if we were to save up the capital and pull that off, you know, and then fuck it. We yeah. just put up that 15K ourselves and we made that happen kind of thing. Yeah. So, well, I would just say, like, um, uh, I've just done this, actually, in 2019. I did, um, what the hell was it called? What did I call it again, man? <laughs> kind of remember what I called it. Welcome to Willy World Tour, maybe. I, don't, I can't remember. Anyways, um, and I did from... Um, I did from Ganawaga to Kingston, and then I did from Montreal to Gaspé. How many uh, places did you do? Um, I did four four heading that way and five heading that, uh, that East Coast way. So that was nine shows, and that was straight from my pocket. And uh, I brought a couple of artists with me from the community and uh, and uh, a couple of op uh, headliners. and uh, Because I, I, I went as the MC introducing these people. And then I would do a small set and then the headliner. You know what I mean? So I, like, I kind of brought my whole tour with me with the headliner being a local act. You know what I mean? So he brought everybody in. We just fucking supplied entertainment while everybody fucking got drunk. You know? Right. And uh, we did that for like, like I said, I think nine shows or whatever. And uh, we came back with a nice fair bit of cash. 
But like I said, there was some shows where the headliner wasn't so headliner ish mm. <laughs> and uh he didn't live up to his end of the bargain but so, we didn't care because we weren't going there for that we were just hoping to do a show somewhere we never performed before and like i said stabs in the dark man sometimes you just gotta do it so i guess i'm fascinated with this because this may come as a surprise to you but by like 2023 i have every intentions of having at least one tour i'm booking and setting up for myself you know i'm, I'm working that out because i totally well, oh, I know it's not well. It's not that tough, man. Let's see what the country's like in a year. <laughs> well, maybe within two or three years. But like in a regular circumstance, I'm I'm fascinated by it because it sounds like a dope ass vacation. Like I'm not really a good vacationer. I don't vacation well. I'm gonna just work the whole time anyway. I may as well go fucking tour, <laughs> you know? Like, and uh, what, what do you like attach yourself to particular events that already exist? And kind of like squeeze in like you link up with local motherfuckers in each place or like how do you like actually do this like you you're like i'm gonna book a tour and then how do you fucking do it <laughs> well i mean you're the one that says have your google machine ready at all times right i do say that <laughs> once upon a time ago i was uh very fucking i was very fucking good at this whole internet thing i i knew the systems Oh, I was, I was, I, I guess I was like a little fucking finesser type thing. I'd come in and clean things up for everybody. And uh, when you're, when you, when you do that kind of shit, um, eventually you figure out that asking a question doesn't hurt. Mm. It never hurts to say, Hey, what's up? I heard you're a promoter in fucking Kingston, Ontario. Hey, I heard you own a bar in Hey, by the way, your bar in fucking Belleville is beautiful. I like the scenery. Is it possible we could do a show there? You know, like, it's just ask a question, you know, like, or if you know a friend of a friend and just ask them that, like, hey, I know a dude that's in a bounce, that, that, that's a bouncer in uh, Sudbury. All right, well, let's see if he knows somebody that's in the bars, the bars, uh, the bar scene. Bang, 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 bang. But um, yeah, like, that's what it really is to me is that uh, it never hurts to ask. I mean, it, it it sounds so simple, but like we never do it as people. Let's be real; we we, we don't actually ask a lot of these things that we could. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's weird to ask. Sometimes people don't like it when you ask, or they're not into it. So I think we all have a yeah. a few moments. Like even with asking for beats, I had to like somebody was like, "Bro, I don't make beats like that." And I'm like, "Oh, hold on, it's not meant to insult you, my guy." It was just like, "Look, I'm not, I don't want to." It was the opposite. I'm like, "What if I don't include you?" And he's like, "Hmm, you have a point. I'm glad you included me." Well, there's there's a, there's something I've learned though about just asking too. Is right is 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 showing interest into what they have to offer before you ask kind of a thing. Like, I like your venue. Your stage is beautiful. How many events do you have a year? Is it possible that, you know, like you'd be interested in hooking up with a band from across the nation that's on tour? You know what I mean? So now you've, you, you, you've, you buttered them up and you're about to pour the sauce on, you know what I mean? By, by getting the answer, you know? And, and if you send 50 of those emails and you get five bites, then you're good because that's five. And and if they line up properly and the dots connect, then maybe you can make something out of that. And then, like I said, like Belleville to, to Kingston, you know, and, and as we went down the line up to Toronto, all these small little towns, you might not think they ain't shit, but they got scenes there, man. People well, go Belleville out to events in these places. Late. That's right. Like we went to Cornwall, Belleville, Kingston, 
Um, let me tell you about Cornwall. Cornwall's got a decent population of young people that have nothing to do in four Cornwall's bars. Sick. Four bars. In the and my whole... boy owns one of them. <laughs> yeah, and as Bonnie said, they've got money and they got boredom. And it's like, you know how far Cornwall is from Montreal on the real reels? 45 like 45 minutes. 45 minutes an hour. Yeah, tops. And that's like, and you're at the location, maybe an hour 20 when you stop at one of those little restaurants on the way in, because let's be real, you, yeah. you, you see them, you get a little hungry. <laughs> you got to get those truck stops in, man, for real. <laughs> I love that shit. But I mean, Cornwall is so close that like once you hit the borderline of Quebec, you're like 15 minutes from downtown Cornwall. Mm. That's true. My grandma used to live in Cornwall, so I'm quite familiar with it. Like We used to go a bunch. Yeah. I remember I bought a video game on a pawn shop on Montreal Street in Cornwall, and I I remember it so vividly because there's a Montreal Street in Cornwall, and I'm like, yo, that's fucking yeah. There's probably Montreal streets all over Canada, and you just don't ever see them because we're in Montreal. That's for sure. Anyway, my brain. Well, shout outs to the Maison for sure, though they hooked us up out there. Shout outs to my boys out in Iwa. That's the Elite World Artists. That's my homies out in Cornwall. Shout outs to uh, Bearded Beats. He definitely hooks us up with some fucking dope beats. They're all my people out in Cornwall. Yo, shout out Cornwall. I know it's not what anyone was expecting, but Cornwall's kind of blessed. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was. It's. I've never like. Well, you see, like ever since the paper factory closed. Let's be yeah. real. Ever since it closed, I've never gone to Cornwall and been like, ah, this place is awful. No, nah, it's nice. It's like it's the nicest place in my opinion. <laughs> see cornwall uh to to us is uh we have a sister community just across the water over there called aguasasne so to them cornwall is their montreal right <laughs> it's like right across the river over a bridge mm. so they're always like yeah we're going to our montreal you know and it's just like the hell out of here <laughs> yeah no it's, there's very little comparisons <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, you know what I mean. It's just like it's an inside joke. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, it's a good example of the the small town markets. Like, I talked to this guy, um, who, who Iron Solomon, I think it was, and he was talking to Macklemore before Macklemore became Macklemore. And Macklemore was saying, "Bro, don't ignore the small town circuit in Seattle, my guy. These college kids, this whole vibe, they're gonna give you love. They're gonna buy that merch. They're gonna do those things yeah. you want them to do." Don't everyone else ignores them. Don't be the guy that ignores them. So he didn't, and it was a good move, and he got lots of love. And um, let's say uh, it's hard to do it as an Anglo artist, but if you can find a way with a bunch of French artists here to do a small town Quebec, I know for a fact that as a promoter and shit, you can pull like three to four G's on a night in like a small town in Quebec. Like no lie, twenty dollars. Definitely, tickets. definitely, and then uh, it's fucking full. Definitely, I I believe that because when I did the end of the world tour in two thousand nineteen, um, that's exactly what we did. We hit all the small towns along the east coast, up leading right up to uh, Gas Bay, and uh, they all came out, man. They got nothing to do. You're in the middle of a cove town. There's 170 people in the community. They all go to the show. And then, like, <laughs> you, start, you add on that from Montreal, which means yeah. something oh my God. outside of They're Montreal. native from five hours away. Wow. <laughs> well, Why mean, are they here? I mean, for you, maybe, <laughs> for, like, the the let's say the more canadian side of life trust if you go to small town quebec as a montreal artist it's like a big deal especially yeah yeah, yeah for sure because like if you look at the quebec french side of the scene it's like this closed circuit uh la thing that they got going on yeah. where like 
it's really nifty to watch. Like, I think they're thriving. I mean, straight up next week, uh, Quebec will have a hip hop show. Have you ever uh, been out east? Uh, I went to New Brunswick once okay. when I was real young. And I don't, I, it was like tiny town fucking, my great grandma had land type shit. So I just okay. saw like um, forest and shit. But you'd be surprised, even in Quebec, though, how many of these people in these towns speak English. There's a lot of people that from Montreal head that way and just never come home. I get it, though, because of all that land shit. Like, yo, people people don't necessarily all want to live in the city. I'm a city dude. Like, I've lived in an apartment my entire life. I've never lived in a house. I've never had land like that. I've been in that, like, experience, concrete, jungle, fucking, anything I want is around my whole life. The idea of living in the woods. But would you like to change that? No. Like, I want a house for practical reasons, but if I could afford a house in Montreal that would let me have everything I want, that would be ideal. Um, Honestly, because, like... Yeah, I want, but I want a second house, like a like a vacation. So like a house on the hill would be great, right? Like, yeah, but I also wouldn't mind like a cabin to like escape to here and there. But like, do I want to fucking yes. live out there? No. But Bonnie absolutely <laughs> fucking would. Bonnie wants that so bad. Bonnie wants to have like rabbits. fucking Bambi. No, not snare. Feed them lettuce. Bonnie wants Bambies or fucking neighbor. Feed them just to care of them. <laughs> Dude, we got this shit on our fucking balcony. Like it's fucking like she feeds the peanuts, feeds them peanuts. There's bird feeders I've seen all the videos. over. I see those videos. This is some real shit. It's so soothing though, man. Cause like, I have a buddy out here that owns a newspaper, right? It's called the Eastern Door. His name's uh, Steve Bonspiel. So shout out to Steve, and uh, he does these videos on his on his uh, Facebook channel, and he just has a camera set up on a bird feeder, and there's just so many different fucking birds that come and check this shit out. Myself and my granddaughter, we sit there and we watch this stuff, you know? It's, like, so, like, calming and, and nah, relaxing. The, it's the, like... <laughs> look, as much as I, like, hate on it, I mean, you watch the birds for a while and, like, you realize those are the same three blue jays and then that they each of the blue jays has different personalities and then you're like, okay, they're like cats, but they're birds. And, I mean, blue jays are fucking <laughs> smart and shit. Like, they're really... Yo, like, to the point... I can't even believe I'm saying this. She's gonna, she's gonna. So, how many different species though have you seen uh, of birds? There's like eleven on our backyard. Like no lie. So that's cool. Like there's you get like... to see all the different fucking features and shit, man. Yeah, there's like two kind of woodpeckers. There's the little um fucking fluffball chickadees. There's the fucking sparrows yeah, yeah. that like are all like. So you're looking them up as well. I'm not looking up <laughs> shit. I just want to have sex. How do you know all their names, man? I want to have sex, <laughs> Willie. Trust. You want to be able to be like, oh look, it's the sparrow thing. Yeah, but it's cute because she hey, like sits. In, she uh, yes, cardinals come through. Um, blue jays. Do we get male are, and female. Do we get male and female cardinals, Bonnie? I think we do. I think we get both. Uh, there's definitely crows occasionally. Starlings come through for real. Starlings nice. are fucking creepy. Um, <laughs> have you seen starlings though? For real, they oh, like. Man. Miniature crows that show up like a the fucking Alfred sucks. Hitchcock movie for like about 37 seconds and then they leave <laughs> and it's like haunting and shit. Um, then uh, what else is there? We, uh, there's raccoons. They show up once a year, but they show up once a year to raid the fucking uh, squirrels food. It's actually kind of funny. It's Labor Day weekend around <laughs> Labor Day weekend. We now know that that's when the raccoons are hungry. 
Um, then there's the squirrels. Yeah. Well, they come out of, they hibernate kind of, right? They're nocturnal and they hibernate a bit. Yeah, and then the squirrels compete for the peanuts with the blue jays. But, yo, does blue jay literally hurt a crow? <laughs> and then it, it made a crow sound, and then the crow talked to the blue jay. And I'm like, you know why I know this? Because Bonnie gives me, like, literally six updates a day. <laughs> but All she's right, so guys. into it. Like, she's so this fucking into out. it. Like, I'm not hating. Look, like, I love, like, she loves this shit. So for her, going into the woods would be like, now Bambi's there. Now all this other shit's there that isn't, like, you in know, the city. You know, it's not like that, though, right? You don't just walk in the woods and Bambi's there. You gotta, like, Dude. fucking wait days sometimes no, for Bambi's gonna to fucking there. Google what food do deers like. And then fucking you put, put that. The apple tree, man. And then fucking put that shit out, and then wait for it, and then I'll catch her, and she'll be like, "I spent six hours waiting for the deer to show up." That is a realistic thing that could happen in my future one. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, you never, never believe this though. Um, one time, my boy, out in Cleveland, we were staying out in Cleveland for a little, uh, a little fucking getaway to record music and stuff, and. Uh, He's got this big property, eight, eight, nine acres of land and an apple tree at the end of the land. All the deers come up and feed at the apple tree. So he gets this idea. He's a big dude, like 6'6", 280-pound guy. He gets this idea that he's going to go hide in the apple tree. And when a deer goes there to feed, he's going to jump on its back and, and, and kill it, you know, to eat it. Mm. I told him, I says, are you stupid? I don't care how big you are, how strong you are, how fast you think you are. That deer is going to make you look like a little boy. So he climbs in the tree, prepares to do this. All the deer are underneath the tree. He's ready to pounce on the deer. His wife comes out with an air horn. And they all scatter. And, and his, his dreams were shattered. But uh, he attempted to, to take a deer down with his bare hands. That's great. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> I just have to say, political panda actually does have deers in his field, and they will, in fact, eat there all you your go. apples. And maybe if you get the right field, Bonnie will just get lucky and have a deer that wants to eat her apples. And you know why? Because Bonnie will fill up a bowl with fucking apples every day if it means the deer <laughs> will come back, okay? And then all of a sudden, Ooh. we'll have a 300 dollars trust. If we have this house, we probably have the budget for the fucking apples, okay? I'm not even going to lie. That will just be factored into shit. No, you just plant the apple trees at the end of the property and nail them. Mm. I will find a place that has apple trees then. I don't fucking know. I never had an apple tree in my backyard or some shit, but I suppose... I never had a backyard. <laughs> so for me, it's like, I don't fucking know what it is to grow trees. That's good. We gotta get you a backyard. You're gonna have to come chill here in the summer if everything clears up, man. Let me show you a backyard. Lots of places. Yo, dude, I'm gonna be the most social fucking butterfly the second I can. Maybe. It depends on what my Twitch channel looks like at that time. I might like have to take vacations, take off a week to go be a social butterfly for one week. <laughs> you have to go live mobile phone style and that's not gonna be fun. Oh, I don't know about that. I thought about it. I thought like, yo, what happens if like I travel one time? And I go somewhere else. Why can't I just fucking vlog that shit? Like, yo, fuck it. This isn't your normal, but obviously I'm not there. Mm -hmm. I'm certain people wouldn't mind watching me do some shit, like walk around a city I'd never been. Well, actually, um, now that we're on the idea of fucking traveling and like possible ideas and all of that, I was thinking that this, what we do here, what you do here is all possible at a show. Yo, I agree you have with you. you set up. 
I could have you set up like that and and, and the concert oh, behind yeah. you and you could be doing all of this, you know? But it's even it, to it's, that end if we do it right. With the so rider. now it's it's another piece to add to the fucking puzzle of it, of the rider. <laughs> no, but for real, that would this be... This comes with me and this comes with me and so this comes with me. I'm waiting you know? for actually one signal to really move on that. For real, reals. Uh, I'm waiting for either Joe Rogan, Joe Budden, or one of those motherfuckers, Drink Champs, any one of these. Once one of them books a tour, it's game on. The market is ready. Yeah. So if yeah, you don't sure. see one of these big motherfuckers doing it, I don't know if the market's ready for that tour. And I don't want to be a pioneer like that. My guy, check it. It gets even better, right? So then we do this shit, and then mid-interview, you bust a little one-two set. Yep. Get back. Well... We'll figure out the structure. So, or like, instead of it being like the the same shit where like I play the music for an hour in the beginning, it's like a concert, and then after that, it's like this in the is already. Nah, like anyway, there's a million ways to manifest it, but I absolutely you know, like the, the the chill before the interview, right? Is you with the show going on behind you, mm. and then when they're done performing, they come sit with you and be interviewed while the next guy's performing or what whatnot. You know what I mean? That's the ideas are endless, man. <laughs> no, but I, I think about these things next. all the time. No, but that's a really great idea. Uh, but it's even like I, I, I want to go like full on. Like we do this on tour, as in I go city mm -hmm. to city to city, and everywhere I go, I interview a motherfucker, and it's a show, and we sell tickets at the door for that motherfucker. All the things, yeah. And you get this four-hour yep. fucking conversation where I'll have some vape weed or whatever. And, like, we just run it. I mean, we'll have to see what the legal status is. It'll be in places where it's legal everywhere I go. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. And uh, and that's another one that's not too hard to ask. You know, like, hey, can I get some cannabis for this tour? <laughs> I'm sure these When days... I get to this city, can I get some in my mailbox? <laughs> no, but even to that end, if you pick the right cities, you can just flat out be like, yo, can you all copy now? Like, and I don't even mind, yeah, my... like... I just, I don't even mind going by myself to some of these stores. Like, yo, I'm going to go be like a poor ass two chains and buy a Canagar and smoke that and pretend like I'm pending. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, why not, man? If I'm like, yo, I feel like with the way Twitch is, the way the future goes, um, it's creepy, but I could more or less probably turn anything I do in my life into content at this point. Well, yeah, for sure. That's that's kind of what uh, I've realized with this Twitch thing. Uh, the other day on a Sunday, I had a whole shitload of laundry to do, and I was like, you know what? I got this alien cutout I introduced a couple of months back on uh, Facebook that people might remember. And I was like, it was for the 420 show, I think it was. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do something. So I, I, I propped him up real close to the, the screen there, made it look like he was hosting the show. And... Um, I, I streamed for like 10 hours and, 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 and gathered up about four or five new followers while doing that. So yeah, I was I like, I couldn't figure out what the you know, fuck you were doing. I think I raided you while you were doing that. I'm not going to lie. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is this? But I also <laughs> didn't leave right away. Yeah. So I was like, is this a guy? Yeah, it's not bad. You could do like puppet theater with Willie. <laughs> well, it was just like, cause like I, I wanted to play all the music that was sent in for the last 10 episodes right before i do the top 10 and it was a good way for me to review all the songs while i was doing laundry right mm. and by me propping that guy up close to the camera you couldn't tell that i'm actually sitting in a laundry room and not a recording studio <laughs> honestly i thought it was a cool idea and i think that well 
I mean, it might hurt your channel view average just on this the sensor running that, but I also think I, we're so far. I got followers off this. That's it. Was cool. No, no, it's not a bad move. Like, and I think these are cool things to also discuss, just because I like stats and metrics. But like, on the one hand, it's like, what's more important? And and then when, as you say, you got followers off of it, I'm like, yo, that's actually more important because the chances of us hitting partner in the next two months is. <laughs> Let's be real here. That's a big. That's a big one. We're getting close. Partner is seventy-five is average. 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 No, that's. That means yeah. we're pulling hundred fifties on a regular. Yeah, definitely. You definitely got to. Uh, I think there's. Uh, we're getting there. Don't worry. Not, I don't. I don't like to look at it as a challenge. I like to look at it as just it's, it's happening. Nah, it's, we're definitely in the most. It's not a challenge because. I mean, what the fuck else am I going to do tonight? Play Cyberpunk? <laughs> and that, that's how I feel about a lot of this. Like, listen, that, that Crossroads Cypher is, is kind of, like, fun. That was I laughed a lot yesterday. I don't remember the last time I laughed that much. But I haven't looked forward to freestyling like that um, on the Crossroads since I was on uh, Off the Hook Radio on CKUT. Um, I, when we were the booth dogs, man, I, I, I would literally be nervous all week long waiting for Wednesdays to come because I didn't know who was going to show up. And uh, I knew every time that I was there, the competition was going to be tough, you know, and and we were all shining to get on that mic because, like, we call this the booth dogs, but really it was like the, the mic hogs, you know, because once you were on, you tried to go until the fucking beats were over, until they switched it up or until someone hung up on you and said, someone else rap now, you know, like, but... The crossroads definitely brought that hunger back, the the mm. urge to want to shine next week again. You know what I mean? Like, it's uh, I don't know. It's on my mind all week. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I feel like the first like two weeks, man, I was a lot more nervous, and then I realized yesterday that like, you know what? I think I'm just getting better at this. Like, just just to find these flows, and just to kind of keep it running. And I'm like, yo, I, I could probably, if I had a good run, go for like an hour. Like, it wouldn't be a good hour. It would be a really bad hour. Yeah. But I could do an hour. Well, if you notice, like, uh, when when it's my turn in the shuffle, um, I kind of like to, like, go to, like, 12 to, like, 16 bars. Because, like, while I'm waiting for my turn to come around, I'm thinking of a really good entrance bar and I'm thinking of a really good exit bar. And then everything else in between is, like, whatever the fuck happens kind mm. of a thing. You know what I mean? So... Why do you do it like that? Um, what's that? No, I mean that's super interesting. I don't even, I don't even do that at all. So why do you do that? Well, it's just because you want, you want, um, you want potency, right? You want people to be like, whoa, when you're done. You don't want the, hey, who's next? You know, you want, you want a reaction, man. You want, I, I used to be able to memorize like easily twelve bars, you know, like while waiting for my turn, but like. I smoke entirely too much fucking pot nowadays to fucking remember fucking six bars. So a lot, a lot of times I'll, I'll think of two really good lines and I'll use them for beginnings and ends and then, you know, just try my best to remember it for the ending. I feel like I have, like, no good bars in terms of a conventional sense, but my whole minute and a half says some shit and that's fucking dope. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. You're not. It's not that you don't have good bars. Nah. Just, you're you're not using your punchline moments. Dude, you're, I you're like ra literally... rather hit those. Nah, I mean, I have no punchline moments. I was thinking about this because I'm like, yo, I can just switch into French way more easy than like people that are like caring about punchlines and humor in their bars. And I'm like, it's simple to me because I don't actually try to ever do it. 
I've got like probably 20, 30 yeah. punchlines in my whole catalog. I'm, I more or less write my <laughs> shit like it's an essay. And, and well, that's it. That's what I was just about to say is that you, you, you care more about the words that you're saying rather than what the words are, the words are, how the words are punching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, um, like a lot actually i could listen to i could listen to snoop dog and then i could listen to chino xl you know what i mean and say they're both dope mm. but i think it's just interesting because like i don't think about music like that so when i hear you bring up like the fact that you have to come on with this because i want to get better at things you know like i want to be more impressive and shit so yeah understanding what more what people do with it is nifty am i gonna care about my first probably well, not it's like anytime the... soon but like just the idea of like you're waiting for that and then it sets the whole tone and you know the hardest part of writing a verse is always that first line and your endings right mm. well because i'm writing like an essay right so i know what my ending needs to be and then when i get to the end it just makes sense to me i don't know i'm not that worried yeah. about the last line on a verse sometimes i'm like that's kind of weak sauce but usually i overcomplicate and then i can't del anyway so i have to tweak it later uh but mm -hmm. I find it's just the first one, and then I know what the whole verse is about because it's like an essay to me. It's like I see a chorus, like a thesis statement of an essay, and then the verses are like this uh, argument to support your main thesis, upon which I use fragmented abstract grammar to kind of do some shit that probably most, yeah. is weird to most people. Well, I kind of like to, uh, you know, do something simple for your entrance, you know what I mean? Because you want to relate to every single listener, you know, like, kaboom, you know, like start it with something simple, a sound effect even, you know, and then have like two good, you know, two good rhymey words like, wow, did he just use those two words perfectly like that? That's great. What an MC. He could freestyle great. Now you have their minds thinking that you're fucking super and you're only in your third bar. So if you can yeah, maintain like that, them though. thinking you're super. You gotta maintain them thinking that yeah you're super, and then and then when you get because now you got their attention, they're they're sold. You came in fresh. Wow, this is amazing. And then if you could just destroy them with a couple of really good lines to make them fucking wow, what the fuck? How was he able to do that? You know. But obviously it's it's, it's freestyle. It, no matter how much people say it's a freestyle, it's still premeditated because like the only other time it's not is when it's like hey, hey Chris Chrome, shut up and rap. You know, like <laughs> I think, but like most um, of these these cipher things are more in that Chris Chrome shut up and rap moments. To be real, especially with the topics, like the fucks of Pashinki. Yeah, but like Mexico. I was saying though, like um, I like to I like the you know hit them with a couple of meaty things in the middle and then a good punchline because then you're gonna to end it because that's when you got them uh, completely sold and now they're on the edge of their seat. Like when's it his turn again? When's it his turn again? But then also the shut up and rap moments. Um, if if for me, it's easy because I've been doing this for 23 fucking years. I've learned how to rap off the fucking freestyling element. You know, like I used to go hang out in bands, garage bands and, and freestyle over them fucking jamming out. You know, so that's that's the beginning, the roots of all it is for me. So it's like, um, you know, like if, if, if you put on your skates and you were in the big leagues in the first fucking game, you know, like first time you tried this, then, you know, like. It's kind of it, it, it's 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 kind of like that, you know what I mean? Like I was thrown right in there. Here, rap, man, do something, make noise. We don't have a singer, do something. Ah, all right, ah. So that's where it comes from, you know. I was able, I was thrown into the game without even knowing how to tie my skates. <laughs> I have a question though, because like I I'm really bad at punchlines. Honestly, I don't watch a lot of stand-up comedy. 
I don't watch a lot of comedy in general, and I feel like there's a huge correlation between the way puns are constructed in hip-hop often and the way that stand-up comics tell jokes. And I don't really think that even when people call me funny, it's not like when I'm telling jokes like that. It's usually I'm just saying yeah. some weird shit, and they're like, yeah, you're fucking funny, Holden. And I'm like, I get that shit. I totally do. <laughs> but it's not because of some punchline. It's because of absurdity. So, like, I get yeah. that. So what makes for a good fucking uh, punchline? Like, when you say a good bar to close it off, like, how do you, what, what qualifies a good one to you? Well, um, usually something relatable to what's going on around uh, the situation. Like, like I said last last night there on the Crossroads Cipher, when the bullying topic came up, I, I I immediately Googled the color you wear, blah blah blah, and I was like, all right, cool. Now, now that I got everybody here ready to think, don't forget tomorrow, February twenty fourth, you better wear pink. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, boom, that's it. That's that qualifies to me as a good ending after talking about bullying. So in my mind, I immediately put that down and I was like, boom, that, that's my 16. That's my 15 and 16 inside my fucking crazy brain. And uh, I was just able, uh, I don't know how I pulled it off, but I was able to stay on topic for the whole time and, and hit with that line to tie it all in together. But um, as for like what it takes for a good witty comedic fucking punchline, I mean, um, for myself, I... I I grew up with a father who's who's like one of the wittiest people in the fucking planet. So uh, he was snapping on me since I was a child. You know, like there was all kinds of things. Like I was a fast runner with big ears, so he called me Sunny Go Go. Like the faster he runs, the faster he flies, kind of a thing. You know, like so I was always hit with these fucking witty ass things that all the time he was just saying some dumb shit. So um, it came like natural. You know, like I said, uh, throwing into the big leagues with these bands that are already established here in the community and doing shows with them and doing these events and uh, just make noise, do something on that mic and make it sound good. You know, like so, like and they don't really know nothing about hip hop. They're all metalheads and shit. You know, so they they just want you to do something in front of people. So uh, the, the best way in the community I come from is to be funny, to be to be aware of what's happening around you. And then that was the greatest tool ever, you know, to, to, to be able to freestyle with. All right. That is fascinating. Why do you say that? I mean, I have ideas why it's cool, but why would you say being aware is powerful like that? Well, like, like I said, uh, freestyling should be about the moment. It should not be about like, I mean, yeah, you could freestyle about topics, right? But like when it's your turn on the microphone to free style, right. do whatever style you want freely. Um, you should be able to, you know, like right now, Holden's got a sticker on his hat, you know, like just stuff like that, you know, like just, just, just to point out simple things. Like I know you read every book in the back. Holden's got a sticker on his hat, you know, like just. No, that's fair mean, because like you're you're referencing not just the books though, but you're adding like a little awareness to the books. It's not just like a prop. Like you know, I read those books, so it adds like yeah. a layer of meaning. See, I'm good at album reviewing. I'm not necessarily good at writing that shit per se. So I can hear <laughs> a bar and break it down. But weirdly enough, I find it like I practice it here and there. I try a little bit. Sometimes I work on my like word plays and stuff. I find it fun to make Willie Scandals puns. Cause like your name, yeah. is, your name is just easy to like, like, will he, you know, like it gives you a lot of like yeah. fun to play with in terms of phonetics like that. <clears throat> anyway. Sure. Um, 
That's dope, though. So the Cannabis Cup, though, what is that like to go to a weed tournament? <laughs> man, um, the first time I showed up there, man, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, I thought I was going there just to MC an event, and uh, it, <clears throat> it turned out that um, I became the stage manager I became a radio interviewer. Um, man, there was just so much I was doing it. And, and I don't regret none of it, you know what I mean? Because what, the, what I showed that first time there made them book me for the last two previous years, you know, because they, they realized that they have somebody that they can trust around the stage equipment, someone they can trust arranging the bands. You know, and, and I just was a piece of the puzzle that they didn't have, you know, and then they, they, they stumbled upon me oh, because do you hear the I ignored them. <laughs> Did you hear the knowledge nugget Willie just dropped there? It's a little bit of an obscurity maybe, but if you're available, <laughs> if you're available in an area and people know that you're capable of doing one thing and then they find out you're capable of doing another thing you may be asked on the fly to play some next roles that were not necessarily yeah. in it and let me give you some advice if motherfuckers use the word rider play those fucking roles <laughs> <laughs> but um not yeah, for real man man uh so yeah tell us a bit more about that though for real like more details. yeah definitely we'll get into that we'll definitely get into that because uh like I said, I got there and like uh, I just wanted to be the event MC. I thought nice, good, relaxed weekend. They got camping grounds for free. I I got the hotel on my rider, of course, but I was still had free camping for me and two friends and whatnot. So I was like, um, eh, I don't really want to camp, but it's available. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> we're there for the weekend, and I thought I was just gonna go have an enjoyable weekend, uh, you know. Out, out in Tainanega, Mohawk Territory, and it turned out that... I mean, it was enjoyable, don't get me wrong, but it turned out that I had uh, myself in kind of a a mess, man, because I had to do all these other different things, and uh, it became... And the, the crazy part was because the stage was set up in a big-ass field, and uh, to get to the, 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 the tents where they were holding all the interviews for all the workshops and all of that good stuff that they supply information for at the cannabis cup it was across a whole field like 250 yards so like now running from here to there back to the the front gate to get in touch with the other organizers and it was like a, a giant triangle of like 750 yards each trip you know what i mean so like and this is the first year so mm. i'm thinking now like this is crazy man this is what i gotta expect so like as the day went along and i was like fitting into the the motions of everything and everything became smooth you know what i mean now i'm in now i'm in the matrix you know everything's just going fucking right and um it became it became enjoyable and that was the day when i realized that um this is what i want to do i want to be an event mc that has other small skills that'll help make your events bigger and better willie do you mind if i cut you off to shout out a real fucking vip in our chat right now yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. We got Don Smooth in the house right now. Oh shit. That's a real VIP. If you don't know Don Smooth, you should all follow Don Smooth first of all, because that's some important. Definitely shit. shout out to Don Smooth. Fucking amazing. It's the voice of the city, man. What else can you say? Um, well, we filled three hours talking to Don Smooth, so we could find a lot to say about him, I think. But yeah. 
<laughs> Honestly, just go follow him. He's a fucking blessed ass DJ, and he does so much for the city. He's done so much for the city. And if you are about Montreal Definitely. in any way, it's like your social obligation to go follow and support Don Smooth, according to me. Definitely. Um. Definitely, he's his big, his big man. He definitely uh, helped out my crew, uh, my crew early on when I was still with the uh, hey, FBI Jedi. Tell the fucking story. He definitely, he definitely helped uh, beat vandals come through or later on as he was leaving the doors of K103. So, like, if you don't know anything about Don Smooth and you feel that you're uh, into the hip hop culture or the rap culture uh, in this city uh, they call Montreal, well, you need to go dig deep. You're, it's not that deep. You're though, not the like right there and available. I swear to fucking God. <laughs> it's right there and available. I swear. But I'm just saying, like, we're dropping the, the real interview. knowledge, <clears throat> the real history of what he has done for the city. You'd like to, you'd like to find that out, man. You definitely right. would because he made a lot of great artists shine a little bit brighter. But you should definitely hit up Don Smooth and fucking show some fucking love, is all I'm trying to say. Um, Give him his flowers. He's he's wonderful. He's such a cool guy. Like I will not forget the tone yep. of his voice or any of it. Well, Holden, and, and he's always got a smile on his face. Can't ask for more. Oh, it's so good. Um, yo, shout. Thanks for the bits, Don Smooth. That's fucking wonderful too. Yeah, yeah, buddies. That's always a wonderful <laughs> feeling. But um, yo, political panda, follow Don Smooth. You're in for a good time. Get some Montreal vibes and shit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, man. Um. Anyway, um, back to you, Willie. So you find out you want to do this shit. When did you first do the Cannabis Cup? What was the first year you did it? Um, That was going to be four years ago now. But I mean, as far as like knowing that emceeing events and hosting and all of that was my thing, it, I, I was doing it prior to that, but it was never like, you know what I mean? I never realized that, wow, do you know how much I can take advantage of this industry by being able to do this shit? Like, as just a rapper, it's hard to fucking get shows. It's hard to fucking get anywhere, really. Like, you really need to know people. You know, yeah. you better be really willing to pay out of your pocket. You got to, you know, there's a lot, man. And that's when I realized that the Cannabis Cup is what made me finally realize that there's a lot of fucking money out there to get. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar epiphany about being a rapper versus to maybe playing some other roles in life in terms of pursuing different ways to grow. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, like, yeah definitely. It's, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't ever throw the bat, the the MC part into my back pocket. Obviously, when I'm at these events and they book me as a host, I'm gonna throw a fucking set in there. I'm gonna rap. I'm gonna freestyle. I'm gonna beatbox. I'm gonna do something to to, to show that I am hip hop while doing your wedding but yo, or your I birthday also, party okay. or your whatever. But let's go like a whole different direction with it. I gone to way too many shows. Where all I had to do was fucking stand there until my 15 minutes set. I would rather be fucking busy the whole show. I would just rather yeah. have shit to do that's like yeah. making me feel like I'm contributing to it in some way. I would, I want to yeah. be the motherfucker running. Around. Yo, there's too many times shit has not gone right by my perception. And it's like, yo, let's just, let's just do it. And then at least if it's wrong, I'm the one that fucked up. I can live with that. Yeah. Yeah. You, know? you could ask you could ask around all the local scene there in Montreal because I've I've dealt with a lot of artists out there yeah. from CY to uh, to Mike the rapper to um, I like to uh, Travis Bryant I've dealt with all these guys right and I've I've hosted them at shows I've I've brought them on trips to other cities and uh, they know that I run the show the way it's supposed to go I keep everybody active even if you're on the sidelines and you feel like you're not counted you're counted the, the 
the light is shined on you even before you're on stage. Mm. I make sure everybody in the venue know nifty. every single artist by face pause, and pause. name. You shine the light on the dude like as he comes up to the stage like an old timey like you because I'm watching the marvelous Mrs. Mabel on like whatever <laughs> right and that's what they do with the comics back in the day with the open mics and i don't really think in many shows i've seen that level of theater brought to it but that's a fucking nice move i like that yeah man i mean that's it man like uh it's it, it's the old way of doing it i guess because like nowadays like you just press play on a fucking laptop right and you perform rap songs so like for me when i was at a show for me, when I was at a show growing up, it was a DJ and an MC hyping the crowd until the next act comes on. You know, like you have a fucking job to do, man. You got to make sure everybody's so done that before. Right in front row. I did that once. Uh, I had the, I hosted a show and I did that. I was the dude that came up. I had to think of some bullshit to say about people I'd never heard of before on this. That's it, man. For real. <laughs> For real. Sometimes it was bullshit and I knew it in my soul and I had nothing to say. Oh, he's got cool pads. I swear I fucking said that at one point. <laughs> like that's how level of whatever. And then Well, like see, like that's that's the beauty of the internet now, right? Because you could be like, mm-hmm. All right, well, who I get I, I get the list of who's performing. I mean, if it's not my show and I'm hired to do the the event, if it's my show, I know who's on it. But if it's not my event, I get the list. Right, then we can Google their names. We can go on SoundClouds and or whatever the fuck they like to go on YouTube's and all of that. You get their names. You get a, you listen to a song or two. Get a good vibe for them. Um, check where they're from. You know, check out little tidbits about the artist. And then this way, like when you're on the show, you don't have to bullshit. You know, you don't have to lie. Well, this but, was also like many but 15 years ago, years ago when the internet wasn't so like reliable. Let's be real. Twenty twelve when like you know you just nobody had links to anything and not like, yeah. Not everyone was fucking organized with their socials and shit. Half these people operated like the internet didn't exist. So, like, you literally couldn't Google some of these people. And then you (laughs) meet this guy, and his name is absurd or whatever. And not literally absurd, but, like, you you look at it like that's a preposterous name. And then you look at the guy. (laughs) I don't mean it, like, judgmentally. It's just, like, I don't – you're giving me nothing to work with here, my guy. Yeah, definitely. definitely, That's kind of like – like, like, look, Willie Scandals as a name has a branding level to it, right? Like – you get willy, so there's a sense of fun to it, but you're also a dick because it's a willy. That's what I fucking take from that shit, <laughs> right? Or just like some willy, right? When I hear that, scandals. You're, you're. Uh, it's not like a negative. It's like a. It's not a negative word per se, but it's a bit of a ruffian or wild. You might, you might cause a ruckus here or over there, you know. So like, you hear that name, and I can bullshit for fucking days about what a willy scandals is, because that name gives me some fucking personality to work with. You know, and then yeah, like, some names are just like, yo, did you go on the internet and hit a random name generator? I don't know. Maybe it's because I also don't understand it. I don't want to act like I understand everything. There's all sorts of shit <laughs> that motherfuckers might be like, bro, you're just dense as fuck. You don't know. And I know that I don't know. <laughs> and that's no, also facts, one, okay? But like, if I'm in that role, I just got to work with my knowledge set is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I remember the first. Actually, you said you like Mike the rapper. I remember the first time I had him at a show, and I had to, uh, I had to introduce him. And I'm like, uh, his name's Mike, and is a rapper from Montreal. I honestly don't know nothing about this guy, but let's let him speak. You know, kind of a thing, and, and it worked. People laughed and they cheered. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and it, and and to this day, he's like, remember that one time? <laughs> yeah, he's a fun. He's a fun well, guy. Um, it was, uh, you know, like there, there's just sometimes where you just you you don't have something relatable to these guys, especially when or, or these 
these, these artists, I should say, not just guys, but these artists. And um, oh, Lindell, Lindell sometimes has just to don't have, have anything to say. <laughs> Can you tell us your top five MCs for Lindell who has to go? It is not my favorite question, but Lindell loves it. Ah man, it's it, that's a tough one, man. I don't I don't like to say top five because I'm not gonna be alive when the best is alive. So who knows? Like but um, but um, as of right now, my favorite five MCs I would like to say rather than top five in no particular order. Um, I'll give it right away to LL Cool J, uh, Tech Nine, Master Ace. Chino XL, and I'm going to save the last one for Willie Scandals. Mm, like <laughs> you know, a lot of people put fucking Chino no, XL. I don't know, man. Just... No, no, for real. A few people I know. Like, I got a homeboy who is Chino XL is number one. And that guy's pretty fucking oh, man, underrated, I think. Like, we haven't done an album review yet he's for great. him, but <clears throat> I hear his name a lot and, like, he's great. not enough, I think. If, if you want punchlines and wittiness, that's definitely where you go. Mm. But yeah, so what else is up in the world of Willie Scandals? Somebody through the grapevine slash your fucking promotional materials told me that you recently talked to a famous person as part of a fucking podcast thing. How are you, what other podcasting <laughs> is going on in your life? Talk to us a little bit about some of that other shit you're doing. Well, I'm actually supposed to be in a meeting right now for that. They're like, the meeting's on hold till Willie's done his interview. I'm like, don't even do that to me. Don't try to rush this. We're just vibing out. But um, I have another podcast that I do. If you go on Facebook, um, there's a group called Kelly's Green Lounge. Hmm. Go join that group because inside that group, we do a podcast called Bongs, Papers, and Vapors. It's uh, cannabis-related uh, uh, topics. We talk about men's health, uh, cannabis and sports, uh, hip-hop and cannabis, and a lot of cool shit like that. Uh, but it, most of it is cannabis-based. Our sponsors are all cannabis-based, and um, it's something new, man. We're in our third week. We've uh, interviewed two people so far. We've had um, Howie Lee, who uh, runs a MMA clothing company and uh, and boxing gear and fight gear and all of that. And then we also interviewed the one, the only, the internationally known, Shaq Claire. And uh, I got to tell you, man, it's the second time I've seen this guy in less than a year, and... Uh, <laughs> It gets better each time. He's he's a cool dude. That's amazing. What? Is, um, so is this going to be like a regular ongoing podcast? I mean, I'm saying that yeah. as, as a as a way to plug your shit. You know, describe it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that. Um, we're going to be doing that on uh, Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Like I said, that's at Kelly's Green Lounge on Facebook. Uh, you got to join the group. You know, be respectful. If you're a dick, you get tossed, like Holden said. And um, that's just the way it goes, man. We want peace. We want unity. It's cannabis. It's not fucking crack. So, you know, bring the positivity. Um, either that bullshit. <laughs> hey, man, a lot of positivity comes. Uh, I mean, a lot of negativity comes out of crack. Shit. People get robbed, shot, stabbed. <laughs> That was amazing, though. It was just so, like, blunt. Like, I mean, I don't ever make that comparison in my life, but I feel it. I guess it depending on where you're at, maybe it's more. I don't even know nothing about crack. I just thought it was funny. All I know is I moved on to Elmhurst one time, and it only happened one time. And I swear it was, like, the fucking day I moved to Elmhurst. I was, like, Elmhurst St. Jacques. And I walked up onto the fucking street, and a motherfucker asked me if I knew where I could get crack. And I had this moment of, what the 
fuck. Like it had never happened in my entire life. It has not happened ever since. But like it was two in the morning. Yo, you know what? He could get some crack. I'm like, do I look like a person who knows? And I'm like, what is a person who? And then I realized I don't know fucking anything about that shit. But this person <laughs> thought that I knew at that, and I was much more clean looking than this. I promise, okay? Um, man, that was like a moment for me, and then it never happened again. I know one time I walked into Goldie's and they were definitely smoking crack, and I walked right the fuck out of Goldie's and I had like a panic attack, like I did. I just smell crack like that, um, because it's got a smell. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> did I inhale while I was in there? Um. <laughs> Anyway, so that was, that was, I love, I fucking missed that apartment because it was half my rent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shit, right? No wonder why. Oh my gosh, I missed that. No, it was clean the fuck. Man, right, it's man. One time I lived there for that. like fucking four years. Ain't a shit fucking bad thing happened to me one time. It was a wonderful <laughs> place to live, except for a rat. And then we left. Oh, yeah, definitely rats would make you leave. There's one time out in Kansas City. Um, we're out there for uh, scribble jam prelims, and uh, we're walking in the street. Actually, no, wait, it was it was it was uh, Minnesota. We're walking in the streets in Minnesota, oh, and um, and uh, we're in the streets there. And my buddy's like, "Man, I need to smoke some weed, man. We think we could find some weed out here." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll just go look in the streets there. We'll go walk up down the block, ask a couple of people, you know, like I don't know, fuck, why not, right? You just gotta ask." So <clears throat> my my buddy asks somebody, and the guy goes, "Yeah, come with me around the block." So he goes around the block with him, and I go, oh, you got to leave your boy here, but come with me around the block. So he's like, all right, cool. He does, the, he does the transaction, comes back. We get to the hotel to take the weed out to bust it up, and it's fucking crack. <laughs> Man, that's like... He's like, I didn't look. He didn't let me look. He just gave my money, took my money, and just handed it to me. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to fucking check what it was, and uh, I just walked away because he was acting all crazy. And <laughs> fucking Christ, we get back to, we get to the hotel, and there it is, crack. <laughs> That's, that's my only crack story. Um, yeah, no, I like I've never encountered shout it. Shout outs to Minnesota. You know, Minnesota is like your shout outs. I want to go to Scott. I would have like, like Scribble Jam's dope is where I was going with that. That's a fucking cool thing to have been to. Um, yeah. So you have your podcast. You have Kicking It Live with Willie. Um, you also yeah. have music that you make. Um, yo, whatever happened to yeah. that Dreamers music video? What's going on with that? Oh man. Uh... Is it one I, of, okay? We can move. Next on. question. Fair enough. I wasn't trying to set you up. It was just I heard the song earlier, and I remember singing. No, and, I know, and I know, did, I like a whole thing for it, and I don't want to like go in a yeah. bad thing. Uh, sometimes like I have happens. all the emails still, so I have all the emails still. So if uh, relationships uh, get better, nothing's changed. You know, it's just not now. Mm. I'm not even worried about it at all. It's just that that chorus has been stuck in my head so long. Yeah. That I really it's a great song what you do with it and it just it just drills in and sometimes I'm like I know that they will stop on the right <laughs> and it's just like fucking stuck in my head and it loops over and over again so y'all should check out that fucking what is it dreams by beat vandals yeah it's available I think on YouTube it's on the Willie scandals YouTube channel and uh, it's a banging tune so you should check it's a cool it. song we tried to manipulate them right like because like the kids today don't listen to lyrics or really care about hey, what the hell you're saying i don't know i mean hey some do i'm listening to the same songs they're listening to and i don't see nothing fascinating about the lyrics today in the songs so i'm just like whatever let's trick them and talk some political sense while putting the auto-tune filled lyrics 
I should you know, review albums with you, works. Really. We should do an album review sometime, you and I. Just find some new shit, and I'll fucking uh, <laughs> show you some stuff and show you what the fuck Hey, man, I'm just saying, today. you know. Um, I have a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old. I fucking hear it. <laughs> but you hear what they listen to, and I appreciate that you said that because they're consumers of this shit, right? <clears throat> and that's the consumers of the product that is pushed via right. mainstream media. And I'm certain to a degree, there's a whole lot of people, and especially at that age, they don't really give that much of a shit yet. But by the time they're 17, they're going to be like completely on that YouTube. I just don't get that because when we were that age, we were thinking mm. fucking beyond that shit. So, I had public enemies screaming in my ear. So, I had Iris in the other ear barking. So, Given what I do, <laughs> I happen to have about 60 stories of people's childhoods with regards to music in my recent memory yeah, yeah. or so. And nah, it's so random. It's so random. Some people is like five. I'm the one in charge, spitting shit, doing skits and do 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 do's. And some people's like, you know, you're not even gonna believe this, but uh, I didn't even care about music till I was twenty. Look at Seab Dread is a perfect example for how late in the game he gets into it, right? Yeah. So like, so many people don't care about music when they're young. They just don't give a shit, and then they find it later on in life. In fact, I'd argue most people, it was teenage years is the latest, the last sector that, or yeah, one person was early adulthood, but most of them, a bunch of them, it's in teenage years. Like for me, I was 12 before I gave a shit about music, right? Like music existed, music was there, but like it was 12 before I cared about music, right? So for me, all that childhood yeah. shit doesn't, it isn't like inherent to me like that. So all that age, it was whatever the fuck my parents played. That's part of why I framed that first question the way I do. It's because for me, it really was like, I didn't give a shit. It was just the shit they controlled. I had no say, <laughs> right? And then there's the radio. So you're getting like whatever crap my dad's listening to with like, don't want no short dick, man. Like, I don't know why he liked hey. that song. He was really into that shit. <clears throat> and then my mom liked her. And I don't like most of what Your they listen to. Your dad's not much older than me than if he's into that shit. <laughs> my dad is uh, early 50s. Um, yeah, so yeah. Not that much older, but that's, I guess. That's... But it's like, yo, like, I didn't like any of that shit at that time. And then all of a sudden I heard the thong song. <laughs> and that song was wonderful. And then, But that's know, like the same song 15 years later. Maybe. But I liked it at 12 when i heard it maybe puberty kicked in and there's yeah. some context that got added to music and i was like oh wait girls wear thongs did I you know. ever hear the the rebuttal to short dick man i did not there's a rebuttal to gillette short dick man yeah it's called big pussy woman that is fucking fantastic i am definitely going to check that later and not right now because that sounds like dangerous territory for the live stream. <laughs> um there you go man like that's, that's fucking the blessed. shit we like like I said, when I was a teenager dancing around, not even a teenager, a young young kid under ten years old dancing around, man, those were the jams, man. I had an older brother mm. and sister, man, so I'm the old had, one though. The music was always around me. So check it though, I'm the old one. So my brother is the one that always had the music around him, cause I'm the one that ended yeah. up with the CD player, and I'm the one that started getting that shit. Yo, I at the Lincoln Park. Yo, Lincoln Park was my shit. But I so his his favorite rapper is Eminem. <laughs> uh i have no fucking idea what his favorite rapper is um, <laughs> but i think a lot less people's favorite rapper is eminem than you think i think that people who don't know hip-hop pick him because it's like cool and trendy without real knowledge but like they don't have any not so they just arbitrarily say it yeah. but when i really ask people 
like and if you really do follow it it's like people say they and this is just my observation so there's no hard proofs but i feel like people say it out of like disrespect because like if you don't say it and the wrong person hears it they react funny so like <laughs> i don't know eminem was my favorite rapper in a seminal kind of way because i'm a 12 year old white boy when eminem pops off like what the fuck man you see that happen yeah. you're like i'm gonna be a fucking rapper now i don't even know i'm allowed to like rap it's all that shit so now i'm wondering like i'm wondering how many 42 year olds are like vanilla ice the best ever because i was 12 years old and vanilla ice came out there's this one guy that i know from twitch that i have on facebook and i swear to fucking god he's trying to like troll for attention and he keeps saying vanilla ice is better than everyone and i swear i saw that post yesterday vanilla ice is better than Eminem. <laughs> wow um, that's 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 unfair it's it's just i think he's trolling that's pushing it but um, but if you ever want, I think get a uh, chance, Everlast would be a better choice though, for real though, because he's from that around that wow. time, from like House yeah. of Pain and shit. There's so many dope, non fucking, you know, I don't know, non indigenous. I guess I would say I don't know how would I would say that. Like I guess white guys. <laughs> um, there's so many dope white rappers, man. I don't know. Nowadays it's a different landscape, but like, think, I don't know. Like, think about like growing up in a household where your parents never played hip-hop one time except for that one time short dick man the hip-hop song <laughs> short dick man is some shit that mc mario played in the middle of the mc mario fucking mix you know how i know my dad it was actually the mc mario fucking mix okay <laughs> it was actually um there was a cd it was a cd that came out it was called uh extended explicit fucking fuck something xxx mm. and it had all those songs on there the ones we're talking about i'm sure my dad saw that shit it went okay i bought that shit and whatever oh yeah definitely man um but like i just know it because of the radio <clears throat> he would listen to mix 96 all the time and that song was played a lot when it was hot like when i'm saying a lot i mean it feels like all you heard I know, every I night in montreal was that fucking song on the radio if you listen to mix 96 <laughs> like every fucking day don't want no teeny meeny meeny me, short day. i'm like shut the fuck anyway <laughs> I don't know. It's a good look, look. It's probably a good song, but like, um, <laughs> why is this the conversation? <laughs> I don't know. I popped it in my head. Uh, it's funny though. It's good. It's good though because it, 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 it's timeless. If you, if you know the song, man, you're like that shit's timeless to our generation, man. Like so I don't hate the song. It was, it was a tough time. I'm just saying, <laughs> as a kid, that was less appealing to me because also you didn't hear the word right, so it'd be short, man. Yeah. So I know it now, and I'm saying it because as an adult. But imagine you don't know what the word is too. You're just like, don't want no teeny weeny short, man. And you're like, okay. Anyway, we can move on from this. So what? Your your imagination didn't work. <laughs> I didn't necessarily perceive music that way. Right at that point, it hadn't been unlocked. I was at that point super into books, and it was writing already. So I was already yeah. able to write a fucking short story that could get published in that. Like the EMSB has this for all seasons bullshit where they, yeah, yeah. so I got published in that motherfucker twice in elementary school. Um, I, I got oh, all oh. over shit with my writings. I would impress motherfuckers with that. I would write like three, four part stories that would span essays in creative writing classes. Cause so I you're the fucker that was winning. <laughs> um, I used to go to all kinds of fucked up shit like that too. I don't remember what the hell the things were called, but I'd always get like scouted for these fucking awards and all kinds of shit, but I'd never win them. I, I, I was good at that essay shit. I didn't necessarily win a lot of things. 
I definitely did some things better than other people, such like public speaking was one I crushed, like a motherfucker on yeah. public speaking in high school. I only got good at that later. Um, and reading and writing, I wrote uh like a, like I wrote a twenty three page handwritten handwritten twenty three page short story for like a six hundred word essay one time because I felt passionate enough. Like I was that motherfucker in school. So music oh, uh, my, my. wasn't really the priority until like puberty kicked in. And then high school, later in high school, I was like, yo, I'm going to do this and, you know, whatever, whatever. But it isn't like at like tw five or eight or ten, I'm thinking that way about it. So not at, that isn't like my reality for real reals. <clears throat> but I'll have oh, to my say, youngest son. I think your kids will inevitably get better tastes and then have great tools to find out what the fuck they like. <laughs> My youngest child's already been published as a poet, so like he's already passed everything that I've ever done. So <laughs> I'm like, your writing skills are better than mine already, man. So keep doing that, and hopefully, it helps you out in life, man. Um, you sh that's dope, but like, it's not that a far stretch to go from like poetry to busting out some raps one day. What kind of music do your kids listen to? Ismail asked that a bit earlier. Oh, man. Ismail, I didn't everything. even read your comment, so I didn't forget. I was holding on to it because he's going to say, just anyway, let's go on. Well, he listens answer? to anything that has little in the front. If it says L-I-L in the front, he likes that. <laughs> Does he listen to a little Bow Wow? I don't think so. That's a little bit past his uh, generation. Lil Fame? I don't know. <laughs> I think I've heard of a Lil Fame. <coughs> That's fair. That's the M-O-P. M-O-P. Lil Fame. Fair enough. Um, I mean, I don't know that I like all of that shit, but I bet if we sincerely sat down and listened to that shit and pretended we were young, you would feel different about that music than you did before we had that experience. You would know. No, I definitely lie. I definitely vibe to it when he plays. He plays his music and shit, but like, it just doesn't have the same feeling to me as, you know, as, as like, say, a tribe called Quest or, or, or like a De La Soul, you know, like you. You feel that kind of music, man. You could you could feel like you're there but, sampling the records with them kind of vibe. But bro. I guess another difference is, like, as a fan, I've never been loyal to a genre. I'm like everything, everything. So I feel that shit in many kinds of music. So like to me, like I had that, that experience where at first I tried to qualify melodic trap and shit with my hip hop narratives in my head and my rapidy raps and shit. And then I started thinking about it. I started thinking about it a little bit more like, yo, these kids is just singing and shit the fuck am I applying the same rule set for it? And then I started thinking about it more like, this is just the new rock shit. Like, yo, I can't get good emo music anymore unless I listen to Lil Peep. He's like my chemical romance to me. Like, it gives me that yeah. feeling and shit. So, like, when I go listen to some of these dudes, it's not really hitting me the way Griselda's hitting me, but it's hitting me the way other genres are not giving me. And that, I think, is super interesting because it is still in that realm of what we do. And it's fucking blessed that it's almost like it's taking shine from other places and sucking it into the big universe that hip hop is amalgamating into. So like when people call it evolutionary, I see it like that. Like these kids aren't trying to claim what yeah, we're claiming. Definitely. Like they don't see it like we see it. It's we that are trying to like, they, we don't see it the same. So I don't even use the, I call it melodic trap. I stick with that. It's it's pretty clear. It's me melody over trap. That's like dope. That's exactly what it is. It's not mumble rap. They're not mumbling. 
<laughs> it's not even, in my opinion, we couldn't even consider them hip hop or MCs for that matter. Some but of these at cats the same time, MCs, it, though. you see them on a stage and these wow. real MCs for real reels. Some, Maybe, no. yeah. I watch I, a lot of their live performances, I was just man. A show. I was just watching a show. I can't remember what it was called here on Twitch. And there was a couple of dudes that were like, uh, fuck, I can't remember the guy's name. Little Skies and mm, he's a good Fetty Wap or something like that. They were all right. But there was a lot of times where me as an MC watching the show, the microphone wasn't even on his mouth and the words were coming out in the song. And I can't stand that. That's my turnoff moment. So apparently kind of thing, you know, it's like, a... It's perform a, the motherfucking no, but song. I gotta, I gotta, why do I got to sing it for you? Because apparently a lot of these television shows force it on the MC and it's not their choice. That's something I learned recently. So especially if it's live... Yeah, but you still, as an MC, as an MC, you should never put your mic down. Your mic should never be facing the ground. That's like rule number one. Your so mic should always be... like a performance level, like, they're faking it poorly. Yeah. I accept that. I like what you're saying. That's an interesting thing. That I can accept as a grievance. They're faking it poorly, and you don't like that. No, that's not cool, man. That's, you know, if you're going to call yourself an MC, even but if they, it is an don't, MC of trap to, music. To be fair, no, I don't, I don't, they, they don't, they don't saying, call themselves right? that, they right? <clears throat> so that's yeah. where I'm like that. But I'm I'm saying I've seen some of these people that can't rap for shit, but their MC skills are off the hizzy. I would put Waka Flocka Flame in that category. His raps is alright. Oh, he's good, man. He's a but good his performer. MC shit he's a is like, performer. wow, that guy can make the crowd go <laughs> up and not even use one of his own lyrics. It's really weird. Yeah. He's a great performer, definitely. He has energy and he knows he knows exactly what he's got to do when he's in front of a crowd. I, I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, so I, I, I believe in. I promise you, political panda. In response to that, I again could really take some time and break that down to you, and you would see the whole thing in a new light. But it's not the right time nor place, my guy. But it's way deeper than that shit. I promise you. So yeah, I just want to respond to one other thing Ismail said. If you call yourself a hip hop fan, you should do your research. I agree with you, Ismail. These kids don't call themselves hip hop fans. They call themselves music fans, and then we call them hip hop. Yeah, that's it, man. So, I don't even think they are music fans. I think they just like their genre, and that's what they stick to. So like, we can't even say these kids. It's just that genre. No, but I mean, those like, guys are I've older talked too. to like a fair number of people about stuff, and I'm not gonna say a lot of kids, but I've now talked to in the Instagrams a, a bunch more, and I'm like, at least in the world of artists that I talk to. Yo, like, they seem really well-versed in shit. Like, they seem like they really have spent the last eight years on YouTube watching everything. Because that's what they did when they were young. Your kids aren't teenagers yet, so they haven't quite got to that phase. But once they hit teenagers, yeah. I mean, what would you do if you were 14 with YouTube? You'd fucking sit... So I know this guy in Scotland. <clears throat> He's like 20, 21. And over the last year, he has sent me every motherfucking genre of music as he's discovered it. And get, yo, do you know Johnny Cash? Yo, do you know Nine Inch Nails? Yo, do you know? And it's like, and then hip hop. Oh man, of I, all I'd eras. totally mess with that dude. I'd be like, I'm Johnny Cash. But that's dude. like Shit, yeah, my experience with most young people. <laughs> they just seem to be like discovering all eras of music at once, like a malleable sponge. So it's like, why do why do they need that like? like label and shit right that's some shit we're doing that because keep in mind i'm on this like i want to be like a youthful person in my soul again i don't want to like subscribe to things that i think are like culturally problematic to my success in what i'm trying to do so i have to be like open fucking minded and when you really listen to them all they say is that's not me my guy stop it listen to me i'm trying to impress you i do like your stiff 
all of them would fuck with our music. We just don't even like have the conversation most times. We just choose, and I I mean this generally because again, yeah, I remember real. being this dude, and it's like, yo, I talked to the seventeen year old, and he taught me an Instagram marketing tip. You know, like that was big for me. I had to humble myself the fuck out. I like to think I know a thing or two. So if a seventeen year old is is making me take notes, it trips me out. It makes me feel weird. You know? I fucking, I fucking, I hit you right up immediately when my son came through and showed me how to do things on OBS. I was like, what the fuck? You got this fucking, you got this knowledge and you're not sharing it with me from the other room of the house? Like, what the hell's going on, man? I said, we need to fucking talk more about this kind of shit, you know? And since then, we've been, you know, like, a, it became like a common fucking uh, topic, you know? And I bet so you your son is going to come up with better ideas on how to use OBS than we will. And we should just leverage his fucking creative young mind. You know what I learned about kids? They don't really think about money in their complicated schemes. So their no, ideas are not. way better than ours. Because our ideas have the influence of budget. We get <laughs> so imagine we just trusted kids with no budgets to give us ideas on how to save money. You know, like that's blessed. <laughs> I want like an army of twenty year olds feeding me creative ideas now. That is my new dream in life. So that we can work <laughs> together to create some fucking mega cool campaigns that are like out there and not like me. Look, if I got a like look at the the wearing pink willy. Look, it got you a hundred fucking likes. That sounds like some shit a twenty year old would have told you to do. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of an annual thing. I just pick a different pink picture every year, and it happens. I meant, like, to frame it in the context of, like, young people marketing ideas, right? Like, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I definitely, definitely, definitely want to have that. But, uh, I, I, it's, it's crazy. Dude. Like, they do it without, like you said, without any, uh, there's no, there's no warning sign. There's no nothing to fall back to it's just let's let's do this let's try this and let's he came into my studio and he just pointed at a couple of things and i was like the buttons were right there the whole time yeah you know like he he just like pointed me in the right direction so it was like i don't know i i kind of remember and i've been saying this to a couple of guys at work i says you know like if we if we were thinking like the 17 year old us we'd probably succeed a little bit more because we weren't afraid to fuck around you know if something failed we were cool with it we kept rolling um, to respond to Isbell, I don't know when the next Young Artist interview is at this time yet, but I will figure that out after when I get to it. Because I, I stopped booking. I've been like passive booking. Like if something pops into my lap, I'm booking it. But I haven't actually tried to book a person in weeks and my yeah. schedule just slowly keeps moving. So I'm like, if they ask <laughs> the next young person that hits me up and goes, oh, I want an interview. <laughs> that simple. <laughs> I'm not really like people have scrutinized my lack of vetting, but I'm like, yo, how is the dude who like has five songs ever going to get a chance to talk if everybody's worried about how successful people are? So it's that simple. Just hit me up and don't be annoying and recognize this is like a three hour fucking thing. Like don't fucking you know, a couple of people are like, I'll give you an hour. And I'm like, uh, like, that's not good I enough. I don't know how to do it in an hour, my guy. It's gonna be weird. Like that one when Maloney <laughs> his phone died. I felt like we had just started. Like it's like you're having sex and you just start going and then it's over. And you're like, but, but yeah. now I'm ready to go. And then like it's done. And that's how I feel. It's like it's gotta be like an experience, you know? Um <laughs> Yeah. So, an hour, that's a quickie. Mm. 
yeah, I looked at it after, and I'm like, that's just that's, that's not what it normally is. But um, everybody has a story. Um, it's like I want to hear of them all, and I think if we listen to young people more, like you were saying, we would see how to leverage technology, like young people. Yo, <clears throat> there's an entire economy based around telling us how to spend money to accomplish what young people are doing for free. So maybe we need yeah. to listen to them more. And like, look at a Photoshop. Do we need a Photoshop or could I learn how to do some 80% is good enough shit on my phone on some fucking shitty mobile app? Probably. But I don't know because I don't think like that. <laughs> well, I don't know. When it comes to graphics, I don't fuck around with like, I'll, I'll use my own like for kicking it live with Willie. Like I make that on a phone app for free. You know what I mean? But like. Like if I'm gonna release an album or a, or a major single or something, I'm going all out on that. I I ain't getting I ain't going half ass. I'm gonna get the real professionals to do the real good shit, and like, I don't. My you dude, know, like... Flacco Bayo filmed all this shit with like 4K drones and this, that, the next thing, and then edited the whole motherfucking thing on an iPhone and did these gorgeous videos. They're gorgeous, yeah, dude. Yeah. They look really good. Yeah. He he did the editing on a twenty dollar iPhone app, and I'm sitting yeah. there going. <laughs> Bro, like I wouldn't want to like go through like a three-hour podcast on that shit, but like if you're trying, like maybe there's just simpler ways, you know? Like that's what I'm seeing, like in the future. Oh, there's definitely going to be simpler ways. Everything's, I mean, ordering a burger, man. You don't even you don't even have to see a person no more, you know? Like it's just does that make you sad? Everything's eventually going to. You prefer ordering you know? burgers from people. Well, yeah, I'd rather talk to somebody, make them laugh, and fucking talk some shit. You know, like I don't know, I'm a, I, I like to talk. You know, like so, when I see random strangers that are giving me a service, I make sure I give them something in return. You know what I mean? Whether it's a smile on their face or a good laugh or, you know, like complimentation, uh, compliment something they're wearing that's unique. Because like if, if they're wearing a fucking McDonald's uniform and you could see a gold chain sticking out, you know what I mean? You'd be like, hey, I like your gold chain. You know, just to throw something at. Like, oh my God, he noticed my gold chain. <laughs> that's dope man Honestly. so I don't know but I mean hey man if we, if if like when I was in France we had to use the machine it was all machine you know order all your fucking fucking it, it sucked you know what like, I mean don't get me I didn't wrong. like it I would like to have the ability to hang out with people I want when I want and that would be nice again so I think I'm settling for this longing to talk to people in grocery stores and shit because it's like when else do you get to see a human being in my life right now yeah. at least um, I guess in your world it's a little better because you're not in curfew right so you can go outside right no. now you can walk up the street well I can yeah well we ain't really no one's really going crazy about it either so it's not like hey go to Gunawagi they're nuts they're going mental Every, everything is still fucking closed everything is still the way it is everywhere else in the in the Quebec area but we're just being a little bit more respectful about it, you know, like not trying to crowd places too much. Like I'm in and out of the city. I got stuff to do all the time. So I got places to be at all times of the day. Even while I'm at work, I'm trying to fucking avoid times of travel during the day. So <clears throat> um, I'm, I'm able to deal with all of everything that's happening. And the only thing that stops me and, and affects my life, like I said, is the touring and the doing event, the events. That's the only thing that really stopped for me. Other than that, I'm 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 home, man. I ain't going nowhere. I put a studio in my house so I don't have to pay nobody. I, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know. I just made myself self sufficient, and I've been working on that since the you last the thing is, 10, really, 15 years. Everyone made themselves self sufficient, I think. 
that's an interesting thing. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of studios, and I don't think studios are going anywhere. Da 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 da. Not everyone can record at home. That's actually a fact. If you have a bunch of toddlers, there's a good chance recording at home is a different experience than if your kids are yeah. old enough to be preoccupied. You know. Yeah. So I want to make it clear: there is always going to be a time and a place. But I think a lot more people are equipped now to like manage this at home thing. So like, let's say your Willy World Twitch blows the fuck up and now you're pulling in like 2k 3k a month just sitting there doing twitch shit are you gonna be as inclined to want to go back on the real world grind if you can pull 3k a month from your home like the youtube ads promise <clears throat> yeah definitely definitely because it's it's the feeling man it's there's a, there's a high you can't pay for you know like I chase that every single time. I, I just want to be in front of a crowd. I want to hear. I want to make them fucking scream for the next act. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want to be that guy that said, you know, welcome to the fucking stage. You know, and 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 scream it. Like I, I get a good fucking thrill out of that shit, man. It's like I'm like the Vince McMahon of rap, fuck or whatever you want to call it. What's the guy's name there? The fucking announcer guy. I can't remember his name. Sorry, Vince McMahon's a wrestling guy. He had a fucking asshole. Vince McMahon is an apt uh, metaphor. I accept. Because especially with your age, he would have been that guy <laughs> that you're describing at that time. No, like, I meant the, the the announcer for the UFC guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, but, um, Dana? No, Joe Rogan? I don't fucking know. No, 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 no. no. Dude, the guy in the ring. I don't know fuck all. But anyways... All anyways, I know there's a look. Bruce Buffer, Mike Buffer, Bruce Buffer. I think your names are. But anyways, that's what I'm saying is they 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 excite you before the fucking event happens. Mm. You know what I mean? I get a thrill out of doing that kind of shit. So like, this could blow up, Michael right? Buffer. This Twitch could blow. Mike Buffer, yeah. This um, <clears throat> this Twitch could blow up. But like I said earlier in the in the in the conversation, is we can bring this with us mobily. So. No, I hear I'm you. not too worried about it. No, I, I have all saying. the tools okay, already. Right. I have all the and tools already real. to fucking... I do like that version better. I'm not going to lie. The In My Room version is blessed for a lot of things. Like, I want to have that option on the real reels. But I also want to do, like, special event shits. Because, like... I don't know that I really want to go, like, do a lot of... Like, touring looks boring. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it looks like a lot of boring. <laughs> like, a lot of certain fucking cars and shit. And, like, 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 I'm not the hugest road trip bus person. Like, like it's like eight hours in a bus. Car sounds not fun to me. I mean, it's, it's like, <laughs> like, I'll do it because you got to. But, like... It's not like my idea of a good time. And I feel like that's what tour is. It's a lot of that, right? Like, I guess that, like, like you said, what does it, what does it usually cost you to go on these trips? And then I just gave you an example of something that was local, right? Mm. I would use this much money to go from here to Toronto. And if everything else fails, at least I still have a little bit of money to go home. But it's not about the you know money I mean? per se. It's literally, <clears throat> it's literally the traveling part. Where traveling. No, no, I know that. But then this is what I was going to get to. I said, and then if I'm going to go farther, like I mentioned France earlier, if I'm going to go to France, I'm going to book that trip longer so this way I can go on vacation and tour at the same time. Mm. You know what I mean? You're going to bring more cash with you because you're going to go see all the attractions. You understand? Because you're when are you gonna get to fucking France again? Like I don't know if I'll ever get there again. And and if it happens, holy smokes, they liked me twice, you know. But I don't know. I just try to live the experience. If you're gonna visit places like Gaspé, 
and uh, you know it's fucking 27 hours, whatever the hell it was, east, uh, you, you want to bring a little bit of a coin because you want to go see Percy Rock. You want to go see the different coves. Uh, you want to see how crazy the St. Lawrence River is because we're looking at a small part of it. It gets big. It gets dangerous. It gets vigorous. So <clears throat> you want to see these kind of things, especially at my age. Like When I was younger, I didn't give a shit about none of this. I'd be on tour in the best places in the world, uh, Calgary, Edmonton, all across the, the map, and I didn't give a shit. I just cared about the party. So I was party, 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 back to the hotel, blah, get in the car, go to the next one. But now that I'm older, I try to bring a little bit of coin with me so I can sightsee and tour at the same time so I have more memories and less headaches. <laughs> nah, that's basically what I want my life to end up being. Like, for real. Like, that's part of why I don't want a house. I'm, like, sitting there going, so if I have a house, I'm responsible for my house. And I probably can't yeah. just get up and go tr be one of those motherfuckers who just somehow makes money traveling. Not somehow. There are a lot of ways to do it. If you have a big enough following, you can more or less make money traveling for the rest of your life. The second you hit that critical mass threshold, so that sounds way more fun to me than owning a house. Right? Yeah, now. for sure. I can buy a house later. <clears throat> I'm constantly uh, looking for those kind of trips nowadays. Like that's my main focus. Kind of like uh, I don't want to do. I don't. I mean, if we're gonna get back to regular society as we knew it the regular that we were, were existing in at the time, if that is the regular and the norm, well, then if we can get back to that, then I want to book more shows where I'm just going somewhere for two weeks at a time and coming home and then and do that maybe three, four times a year. You know what I mean? Rather than 128 days on the road or whatever the fuck I did that year in 2019. It was, uh, it was insane. I was barely around here. You know, I, I, I prefer at my age to be home and, and get paid, a couple of times a month rather than you know fighting it all month long <laughs> i mean ideally in my universe the content it grows big enough to be viable enough that that is what fuels the financial situation so it really is at that point like you were saying if you can bank that let's say you get to two three grand a month on twitch and some fucking crazy like it works type shit which i have all the faith in the world in myself and that it will work um like, we're going for. I mean, I'm also okay with it taking three years. <clears throat> I'm not like in a rush anymore. Yeah, I'm not worried about it at all. But like, we get to that point, man. It just sounds blessed. Then you literally are, you know, you're getting paid twice. Yep. You're getting the Twitch money then, and you fucking getting the like. But then money. that's also that's 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 also another tool that you would add to your your rider, right? I have 25k people that watch my show every Friday night. If I go live from your venue while we're doing this show, boom, there's more people hearing about your venue, hearing about what you guys do as, as a spot. And, and and most of the people that do follow me are artists anyway. So it looks good on the, the, the business side of things to do that kind of a move anyways, right? To make that move. Yeah, I mean, but it also depends on your lifestyle. Like, Personally, I plan on being an entertainer for as much as possible for the rest of my life. Um, so yeah. that life is not exactly your typical ambition points. You're, you're, like, if I'm successful, I have to fly around the world for business meetings. What the fuck do I care where I live? Honestly, yeah. it's just a spot to stay when I'm in town yeah. type shit. It's where you put your head down for a bit, man. And so, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would like to have a home. I know Bonnie cares about that way more than I do, though. Um, so her opinion matters <laughs> a lot. 
because well, you know, I've lucked out and I've managed to uh, you know take care of those kind of things at an early age. You know, so now it's you know the next step, whatever that may be. I don't know if I want to put no rings on things just yet, but. <laughs> Sorry. It's alright, man. You don't have to want to. I didn't put a ring on it. Uh, we discussed it, and it's like, I'll be real with you. I look at it like, if Quebec is taxing me like I'm married, right? I've been with this lady for like six years, coming up on like seven. Yeah. Then like. What the fuck is the difference except for a ten thousand dollar party? Hey, you can hire me. That's what. <laughs> I just don't really want to do the ten thousand dollar party. So nah, it's, it's an expensive uh, party. If I'm like mad rich, like maybe we can do the charade for the sake of the blessed party. But like at that point, it feels like yo, like. Like what? Like I believe in God and she doesn't. Like we're not even getting married on the same premise in my head. Like to me, it's like a thing before God, and for her, it's like a different thing. So it's like it's not even the same promise. We're not even making yeah. the same promise at an ethereal <laughs> level based on marriage contracts and shit, right? So why would I do that? Because like society's like, brah, get married. Like, yo, do you know what Quebec's di divorce rate is? Fifty. That's yeah. one in two marriages failing. That seems like like a lot of complicated, <laughs> nah? That's all I'm trying to yeah, say. It could it could get out of hand or it can go the other way is what they say, right? But I don't know. Like it's not even about I don't the know promise. If... It's just like to me it's like if the institution is weird. Like <laughs> look, if like I, I I don't know. I would, I would totally want kids, though. Because now kids came up. Kids, it's crazy, Kids man. is fucking like, blessed, though. I don't know. I was just like, it seems like a weird thing. But, like, people get fucking weird about shit like that. And I'm like, I don't get it. It's just like, we made our own thing. I know, like, um, yo, Golden Jenny wants to know if your lady went with you on that long tour and how the relationship works when you're not there. Um, she actually came with me to France, man. And like I said, we booked the time separate from the tours mm. where we can actually have our own times together, you know? So, like, we did all the fucking uh, romantic dinners by Eiffel Tower. We did all the coffee shop uh, moments there. Like, everything you could think you would do, we went inside of a park to have uh, wine and uh, um, baguette. But when we sat down, there's rats everywhere, dude. We're like, fuck this. <laughs> So yeah, man, like they definitely, uh, you know, not not every single trip, definitely uh, the big ones. You know what I mean? When 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 it's somewhere nice, where we can actually like uh, do a couple of things outside of just the performances, um, I definitely bring her along. But um, as for the um, when I'm gone, like I try not, I, I I hold the day job down. So if I can't get more than three four days off, um, I don't plan three or four day trips. You know mm. what I mean? I do. The Friday, Saturday, and and come home Sunday type thing. So, <clears throat> um, usually it's not that much of a problem. But uh, like I said, I'll, I'll do more local stuff where I know I can drive there and back in one day or two days. And then during during the the work years, I mean, there would during the work times. But then I have a couple of breaks during the years. I have a, a break in December and I get a break in the summer. So we try to do stuff around there if we can too as well. And then you know bring everybody along. Mm. 
I'm trying to get to the point where I can get like a Winnebago or something and bring the whole fucking family on the trip, you know, with the studio and the Winnebago and everything. I but, told you know, Bernie those are, those are long-term, long-term goals. Like I told her, like, we should get an RV and I would put a studio in it and she just looked at me like, no, nah, you can't have a studio. And I'm like, I don't want a fucking RV. Fuck that. If there's no studio in it, then what's the fucking point? You know, like, if I can't yeah. go, like... Like, you want me to leave a place I can record music to go to a place I can't record music? That's a weird thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if uh, the song that I that we have uh, from back in the day is on YouTube, if not. It's called uh, Res Rider. Yeah. It's by FBI Jedis. And uh, that song is about our tour bus. We had a recording studio custom built right in there because... Uh, um, one of our producers was a, a welder, a certified welder. So he's like, he had the vision to put the recording studio in there and everything slid and folded away. It was a transforming fucking recording studio type thing. And uh, man, was it ever a mess when we flipped over. Oh, man. It was, it was sure a cool, like... On your, wasn't that on your tribe? Like that song? No, 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 no. That one's Res Rider. That's a whole different... That's a whole different... Okay, but this, okay. this one was called Res Rider. It's, it's a jam from like... 2001 maybe 99 anyways around there any anyways in there the story in there is all true story shit and um that that one had a built-in customized recording studio in the hitting the bus so it was it's it's real the dream is possible (laughs) i know you can get it (laughs) i'm just like i look at it like the the thing that changed isn't necessarily the end goal what's changing is the beginning grind like a lot of that like i think super low-end open micy barry shit's gonna be missing for a little bit i might be wrong yeah but in montreal if we think about the economics of what happens when a whole bunch of fucking um property breaks down and shit like you know like or gets sold out or whatever who comes in sardonkis or whatever that fucker's name is buys all the properties changes all the bars <laughs> makes them not lit so like people might not be expecting that but i expect like all these fucking places that used to exist to kind of be different after and a lot of vibes get different after and a lot of things that used to be away just on a literal real estate front are going to be kind of different after not bad just different i hope warehouses and shit come through like what i really really hope like, do, did you ever participate in the 2012-ish fucking underground broken building rave scene shit? Um, no, but my my uh, ex-producer, he was, was pretty heavy in that scene. And he, he'd come back like five, seven, six, seven in the morning and uh, Dude, you know, it was wild. You would go into <laughs> these like abandoned buildings and shit and they would have it all set up. You could burn, smoke, whatever inside. That was big for me. Yeah. And you would, okay, everyone got wrecked. I might have been on some mollies. It is what it is. Um, But, like, yo, the vibes were incredible in terms of this, the environment. And what I think would really be fucking popping is if somehow we could, like, recreate that situation. You know, like, in in terms of that underground, private party kind of feel. Like, yo, I mean, I know a lot of people think I'm anti-live. I'm anti-live the way it was done. If we make it done lit. It's like, yo, I want to be there. I just want to be at this live event and know that I'm having the best possible time I could have. And to yeah. my understanding, that means that it has to be private parties. Is the only way I can deal with the one condition I care about. 
Well, that's it. That's I was just gonna. I was just. Uh, I was just about to tap in and say that. Um, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm certified to do 25 to 50 person event outdoors only, but like obviously it's the winter, so we can't really do anything, right? Um, outdoors, <clears throat> as far as music, anyway. So I was gonna try to like um, for like the spring, maybe early summer. I was going to try to do like a VIP party somewhere, rent a little lot of land, bring out some generators and shit and like do something like that. But I, uh, we got to follow the restrictions to the shit that's happening around us because every day it's changing. Um, today's latest news is that they're going to have vaccinations available for uh, people 85 and under. And I don't know how I feel about all that, but if that's the next step that we have to take to get these events popping once again, then uh, I... I uh, I'll stick to Twitch, maybe. <laughs> well, I think Twitch is going to be 2021. Like, let's be real. Even if, like, like the math on vaccination rates isn't looking prosperous for 2021 coming back for any time soon. Like, um, I mean, we've almost gone two, two full months in lockdown curfews. You know, like, mm, yeah. let's not be too optimistic on real life coming back that quick. So Twitch is kind of cool then. So I'm not really indulging live right now as an option because, like, what? I'm going to be in my apartment for another year. Um, I also don't know that VR is that much viable because nobody else has it. So it's like, okay, we're not there yet. But, yo, then we started doing this cipher, and I'm like, honestly, this is dope. We could just make, like, yo, Willie, just start your own cipher. <laughs> you know, you have 150 <laughs> beats, don't you? I go, like, like, you need oh, to yeah. do is get Zoom. It's, it's just Zoom. I got plenty. And then you could literally, you don't, <laughs> like, you don't need a DJ guy. Vincent, it just is flavor. But, like, literally, if Vincent's not there, I'm going to just play MP3s. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it, man. That's pretty much what we do anyways. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't have any DJing skills whatsoever, so. But you also uh, have a catalog of beats. You could literally do the kicking it live. So, you know what you could do at 10 o'clock at the end of your show? Get like a Zoom call, a little cipher kicking off for anybody for a half hour, hour, and test it out one time. That could be cool. I know your internet's got to cool. get fixed first once your internet's back. I just don't want to. Uh, I don't want to go too deep until I get this technician here. No, that's what I'm saying. Like we can we can talk about it, but like it would say, let's say your internet's like motherfucking popping, right? You're back to like some <laughs> sailing shit. And you're able to get through it and host it proper. Like, why don't you engage it? Would you become like online promoter, Willie? Like, listen, I can't do more than that one thing. There's this, obviously, there's a demand for this. So, what if you start doing like two, three ciphers a week? <laughs> That'd be possible. I mean, anything is possible, really. It's just, you know, it comes down to time, man. There's a lot of extra shit to life than just being here, you know? That's why I. I, I dropped the show, which originally, when Kicking It Live started, it was a three-day show. It was a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I would build it up to Friday as the let's get fucked up type night. You know what I mean? So, like, hey, man, we had great time all week. We're hanging out. It was fun. Great. Like, now it's Friday. Let's get fucking destroyed and fucking have fun. You know? And, but after a while, I realized that the other Monday and Tuesday wasn't quite as good as the Friday one because everybody else was waiting for the Friday because they knew it was a build up until the explosion, right? So now it, we're, we're sitting here and it's, it's, it's a Friday night show. And when I try to do other things on Twitch, like I try to do hip hop and hockey or I try to do uh, DJ Buds invades my show or, or things like that, I don't get quite as much engagement 
but when Friday comes, it's it's automatic. I can I can <laughs> argue why that is though. Um, what people don't necessarily understand about the consistency part of content is that like. I actually plan my week in a way for the most part when I can that like I it's just that I know Willie's Friday at eight. Like I don't think about yeah. it. It's just I got used to that. But it wasn't like that at first. It took me like two, three weeks, you know, it took me almost months. I would say three, four months before it became more of a regular I'm here on Friday nights all the time. And that's because of life. It takes you a long time to go yeah. like my Friday night is dedicated to this. So I think some people are getting comfortable with the idea that on a given night, this is happening on my channel, so they're going to be available for it. So I noticed that when I'm not doing my Saturday interviews at 6 o'clock because they fucking changed the time on me, or it's not matching whatever the event said, people aren't ready for it. Like, they may have planned for 6 o'clock, but then I said it's 4, mm -hmm. but now they're still out with their kids and shit. So fuck that. They're not doing it. So sometimes it's just a matter of the regularity like all you post on facebook is the fucking kicking it live shit like people don't even really know you do other stuff based on the level of like focus on that one. yeah yeah for too. sure sure for sure i definitely favor that one because i'd rather more people come for that um the hip-hop and hockey i direct more towards people that enjoy the same hockey team as me because i'd rather cheer with a bunch of other fans you know as if we were at the pub or wherever you watch a game, Which is um, as far as like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and um, other than that, um, you know the the invasion thing was was cool because it attracted people during a time when I'm not there, and I went for like I kept it on for like ten hours, man. I had like crazy laundry. <laughs> you know, the crazy laundry days where it just doesn't fucking but stop. Like, but, but it was just a comment, so like, so like in my opinion. You're putting all your effort to promote the thing everyone's used to. Whereas yeah. you're not promoting the other things that you can do. Like if you rebranded it like a network, like the Willie Network that has Kicking It Live, that has, and people saw like a calendar of five events each time, you would. Well, that's it. I, I can't really, I can't really, um, I can't really, I, I thought of that too. Don't worry. I, I can't really do that because I'm not always available and, and i can't commit to every single game you know what i mean i can't commit to a schedule even because i don't know what's going to happen day to day so i know i got fridays i got from five till fucking five in the morning and, and no one could bother me on those days and that's it like i'm that's if you need me for anything vocally recorded <laughs> that's the best day to get it done you know what i mean because like i do the show i hang out with you guys i I put the show on and I, I review it and uh, I, I write rhymes while I review it. I fucking get shit ready for after well, that. The review's done. I rewatch every time. Yeah. I have never rewatched a single fucking thing. I hate it. Well, you gotta know what you're good at, man. Cause we're kind of announcing shit, right? Like when announcer, I gotta know what kind of people like that I gotta Ismail use. tell me when I fuck up really bluntly. <clears throat> Yeah, but uh, you know, I usually say it myself. Oh, I fucked up. Like that's probably one of my next emotes, if anything. <laughs> but um, I find it really hard. To I just watch. like to fucking. I, I like to sharpen my skills as far as announcing. You know, like and and I think it's cool when that when I do certain when I do certain like uh, roles, like when I'm announcing like the next fucking song, and I and I find the timing of it, and I'm like, yeah, I hit that one perfect. Because like when I did radio, right, I, I had. 
it was visually on my fucking screen, the players and the how much time before the snare hits and the song starts. And it was all there timing. And right now I'm doing this on kicking it live and I'm really kicking it live because I don't know how long before your lyrics start on your songs. I don't know this. It's not there on the, you know, there's no markers on my screen like, like there is in radio. So I'm literally trying to talk, fill the spot, and hit the post right as the lyrics come in on the song. So sometimes I'm a little bit over, it, it, it trails over, and that's like rule number one, don't do that shit. So like I like to find out, I like to rewatch so I can find out those kind of things Yo, in on. case those the songs become... just raided us with a fucking party of nine. Shut up, fucking oh, shit. Lamar, Or a party of ten, sorry. So anyways, like, like I was saying, I, I like to review it because I, I want to know in case that song I just introduced becomes the top ten, now I'll remember that song because if it's in the top 10 i'll know how much time i have to talk over before the lyrics kick in so like when you get to the top 10 episodes on the 50th episode coming next week you're going to hear songs that were in the last 10 episodes and i'm going to probably be as sharp as possible mm. while introducing those ones because i'm familiar with the sounds now and you know shout out the chien de la forêt for the follow oh yeah that was cool um Désolé pour le fait qu'en être en anglais, je suis un gars qui peut parler en français, mais désolé, c'est une stream anglais tout le monde, mais si tu peux comprendre l'anglais, Willy est un gars très intéressant. Ok, so... I just said you were done. What did you say? Uh, I was just telling <laughs> the French people that that's the, uh, that we, we English over here. What up, Bash? Bashman Boot just popped in. <clears throat> um... So what up, what up? I, all I'm trying to say though is that's I got distracted by all of that. I apologize. I'm not. That's good. That's good. Welcome. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, what were we talking about? If you can remind me, that would be cool. Uh, I smoked as much as you, so I don't remember. Oh, kicking it live and shit, <laughs> radio. So yeah, I don't look yeah. at like what I do as radio. Um, I look at it really differently. I look at it like like people put me in this podcast box and I used to call it a podcast and then I stopped calling it a podcast because like does this well, see, I don't even know what to call it what the fuck do we call it I, I just go live I don't know I... that's kind of like how I felt about it but I'm also like yo I guess it qualifies as a radio show if I was on radio it could be a podcast because of the distribution but like I know that I fuck up because motherfuckers have been telling me in the comments when I fuck up and specifically what I did to fuck up. So, like, I just know it. <laughs> I don't have to watch it again because I know if I fuck up, motherfuckers is going to tell me. Like, just bluntly <laughs> tell me what it is. And after a while, you go from hating that shit to being like, Meh. but then you, like, think about it a lot. Well, now that I pointed out those little tips, though, now the viewers that are watching us here and that watch my channel, are gonna be like, damn! I never thought about it like that. Now they're gonna listen for it. That man, I never thought. Now they're gonna listen for it, and they're gonna be like, oh, he didn't hit the post. He talked over the lyrics. He screwed up. You know, like, but I, like I said, it's called kicking it live for a reason. Everything's happening live, but there's, I don't. Most of the times, I don't even get a chance to listen to the whole. I don't get a chance to listen to any song prior to the show. Once in a blue moon, I'll get time to play the whole list before uh, beforehand, but. Most of the time, it's all live. Like, I'm doing it on the spot. Like, blah, 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 blah. I'm reading you fucking stories on the spot. I'm Googling them as we're doing the show and shit. You know, like, I, I try to do show prep prior, but like I said, man, like, to be fair, is fucking <laughs> I never came to the Willie show because you read bios. I came because you're just a fun guy. I didn't give a shit about how, personally, none of that. 
You could talk over their songs all you fucking want. It won't bother me one bit. <laughs> uh, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Like, it's like, I know there are rules. And so I actually really think it's cool that you rewatch your shit. But the other end is I was doing like five, three hour, like two hour videos a week. Like, yo, how do you rewatch that yeah. much content? You just literally can't. So I got used to put it up. Don't fucking think twice. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Never think twice. Just keep going. Definitely. But I usually like, like I said, Friday is my night where I just that's my I get after work, man. I get I get that time. You know, that's that's my one night I get where like just fuck off. The world turns off. You know, yeah. I get right in the wheelie world and that's it, man. That's for those twelve hours. I'm in a capsule, and sometimes it trails farther than twelve hours. I'm going I'm going to sleep at eight, nine, ten in the morning. You know, it, it's fucking gets nuts. <laughs> I'm not able to do that. I have to go to bed at the same time every day or my cranky pants. Well, that's it. That's the one day I do that, though. That's it. You know, like, that's... If I do it, like, and, and for you, it's it's dope. But for me, if I do it one day, it, like, fucks me up. So if I wake up at, like, 11, I'm not going to be able to sleep at the right time. And then the next, like, four days, I'm off. And it's really weird. Like, um... When I, when I was younger and uh, into, into music and, and first started writing music and and doing all of this, I, I would wait until the house was silent. I wait till everybody in the house was sleeping, and then I would put on headphones and or or, or music lightly, and I would write. That so like nifty. to this day, to this day, um, I I try to wait. You know, like like I said, I, Friday's my night. I find I find I write my most creative shit between like two and five a.m. And uh, it's crazy, and and I, I look for those hours. You know what I mean? I try to be up at those hours. I I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes, like ah, I gotta write something down. Like <laughs> so, I I train myself to like wait till it's quiet. So I wrote a whole bunch of shit on my way to work, and realized maybe <clears throat> that's a weird time to write. But a right. lot of it was kind of frustrated sounding. <laughs> Because it was on my well, way to work. And so I would, I'm never in a good mood in the morning. So if I write stuff in the morning, it's going to be not in a good mood music. Do you have to take uh, public transit to work? I used to. No, then I started cycling and I had to change my habits. It was really hard. So I wrote so much shit on the bus that it was really hard for me to learn how to write not on the bus. It sounds kind of weird, but like I, when I was a teenager, because you said that, I used to walk the dog and freestyle like a loud asshole. No, yeah, I was just that guy, um, and uh, now that I think about it, being out and not in my home is a really invigorating place to write. I I, I used to write by the water in Verdun. I used to always go outside. To yeah, write, but that's a good place to do that. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was cool. Then I had to learn how to write at home. I literally had to learn how to write at home because you, you, I don't want to feel. It. I don't feel like fucking writing when I'm here. There's all sorts of shit to do and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I reserve the one day and I try to do as much as I can in that one day because once, you know, once that clock strikes Monday morning, man, there's barely any time till Friday. And then what, what do you do in the week outside of like work? So you work all week and then are you, is your daddy man? Are you doing a bunch of music endeavors? Like what kind of stuff are you up to? <laughs> there's a lot of crazy things over here, man. Uh, that we could skip this question. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. I was just curious about like more. Yeah, I'm not going. No, I mean, uh, you know, it's. I'm curious about it's, Willie. It's a life. Of, it's a. It's a life of fucking bartering. It's a life of trade. It's a life of fucking. You know, I don't know. I. 
I can't I can't get into details, but it, it it's a lot of, it's a lot of uh, you know in and outs here in the community, and, and and everybody helps one another, and we all take care of one another, and that's a beautiful thing. We make sure, we make sure we make sure that uh, you know nobody's without money in their pockets. You know. I mean, I'm never looking to set you up in a way to like go out of the situation. <laughs> no, it's not any, it's nothing illegal. It's just you know. No, but I meant just, just like I'm just. Curious. I don't know how to explain it. I'm a curious person. I don't know person. how to explain it. Like, <laughs> I think a lot of people are curious about the Willie scandals behind Willie scandals. There's just like uh, it's like uh, the best way to explain it's the res life, man. Like, there's just. You could be stacking wood for an elder. You could be, you know, you, there's just so much to do. You know, pull somebody out of the snow that's stuck with their truck. Uh, you know, like it's just you know every day. Cool you know, like, that sounds to me. <laughs> it's just regular shit, though, man. But it's it's like, not regular shit yeah. in my life. People charge money for that shit. <laughs> nah, but I, I don't know, man. I mean, we we do get paid and shit. I'm not saying that like nobody's fucking. We're doing it out of love and shit. It's you know, like you, but it's you a go community. plow and shovel something. You go plow and shovel someone's driveway, they're gonna throw you some coin, you know. Like, you know, I just, I just, you know, to me, like, to me, it, these kind of things, these transactions, don't need to be spoken about, you know. Like, it's this, it's, it's like tax. This, the real tax-free money, you know. <laughs> but it's not like, I mean, to be fair, literally everybody in my side of the world also does shit like that. It's not like that isn't a thing. No, I know that, but I mean, but I meant it more fun. like that makes your community sound fucking blessed, though. Like it, oh yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. The, the community, the community vibe here is, is super strong and shit. Like, like so, you know, I don't like to, I don't like to glamorize that kind of shit because, like, uh, I don't know. I just find it's like we should all be doing that. Isn't that the norm? You it's know? Like, not the norm, which is why we have to glamorize some of this shit. Which is why for you, <laughs> look, I went to Pakistan and I saw that kind of shit. Like, look, there were a lot of people willing to do things for family that I realized myself and a lot of people I know are not willing to do for our own family. And I don't know that it's the norm for me in my universe, yeah. in my existence. I don't I don't see that. And I, maybe even other people's norms it is. So I find it an attractive quality in a community. I'm really fascinated by community, like it's something. Yeah, yeah. So to well, me, I mean, more or less, cool. more or less, um, more or less during the day, I hold a forty-hour-day job uh, within the tobacco industry. As as uh, as most people know, that's probably the strongest industry we have here in Ganawage. And um, after the forty hours are done, it doesn't stop, man. It's the tobacco industry don't sleep, man. So I don't know. That's as far as I'm gonna go. Nah, listen, <laughs> I don't, I'm not like. The nuances of the tobacco industry aren't as interesting in that side of life. It was more like really the day-to-day -day shit. Like to find that you go yeah, chop yeah. wood and help people, like that's so cool. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, you gotta scratch a back, man, to get your scratch, you know, like who knows, man. I've seen, I've seen in the past where, where, where people helping an elder led to them leaving land in their will, leaving, you know, pop properties in their will uh, in, in, in the northern parts of Quebec and like all kind of crazy stuff. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, like you just got to try to be nice to people, man. Like you got to change the way we treat one another, you know, and then I, I used to be a scumbag as a, you know, as a young adult. So I, I know what it is to be, you know, to be, I guess, excluded, you know, where nobody wanted you even to help them because you were, you were, you're a douchebag, you know, so I have to change all of that in order to, to get to this point, you know what I mean? To understand that it's about one another. It's not about me, it's about one another, you know? 
Yeah, I appreciate that, which is why we have to sometimes spotlight that kind of thing. I know it's weird to you because inherently <laughs> it is, but I don't know. It's not inherent to me. That's what I can tell you. It, it's not. It's stuff I have to focus on actively every day. I have to remind myself of a lot of things so that I don't indulge my like more negative, petulant behaviors, per se. So, you know, it's cool. That's all I'm saying. So... <laughs> Um, outside of your, your podcast and kicking it live, what else is, what else are you up to? What else have you done lately? That's interesting that you've been around. Actually, it's, it's been pretty fucking slow lately outside of anything. I mean, there's not really all that much we can go crazy about. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying my hardest to get back into recording music and shit, but it's just like, uh, I'm, I'm noticing how the, the, the the standard is changing the the songs are shorter the albums are shorter the it's just it's not so inspiring for me to do another album and follow up welcome the wheelie world at all like at this moment you know what i mean who knows what's going to happen in six months you know but at this moment i'm just like but i could tell i don't you care for thing. it if you made that album <clears throat> there's a whole lot of people who want to hear willie scandals make that album that he wants to make no, I know that. I get that, man. But it's just like it's it's hard to fucking want to fucking follow up on something when everything's changed since then. You know, like how how do you approach this now? You know what I mean? Have like, you seen the Grammy so, list for hip hop albums? Like for real? Like yeah, who they are? It's like yeah. Run the Jewels, Royce the Five Nine, Freddie Gibbs, and like none of these guys are following those pop trend rules. <laughs> right? No, I know that, but you still gotta, like we said earlier, is understanding what the youth fucking but, enjoy. But I'm trying like, to say a two-minute song is more appealing than a four so and a here, half. Here's song. something that changed though. There's just forty-year-olds willing to fuck with your shit though. No, I know that. That 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 was the fan base that followed no, me my whole but fucking like, life. New forty-year-olds. <laughs> Like, the Spotify is a weird thing. I know it's not your favorite, but one of the benefits that Spotify and Apple Music and them has done to the world is it's taught a lot of age groups past 25 that they give a fuck about new music again for the first time. Like, literally, look, yeah. <clears throat> look at Griselda Records. They do not make sense for being as hot as they are based on <laughs> all the rules because they make music for me in my 30s and they know it. They don't even fucking front. Kids can like it if they want, but they know I'm going to go listen to that because I'm craving that fucking Griselda shit. Yeah. And there's going to be people out there, if you make that album, in my opinion, that'll crave that scandalizer shit and just fuck with it. <laughs> well, I was just saying about inspiration. I wasn't saying I wasn't going to do it. I'm just saying that at the moment right now, as I'm watching things fucking evolve into some different lane, um, it's just not something that i'm focused on right now and i, I think you. that the i think the better the better the better idea for me right now is to just give a couple of singles here and there and then um hopefully uh you know keep a strong enough buzz through the show and with the singles to get to the point where we can still go do events and all that and i'll still have new songs to add to what which in my opinion is already a powerful performance set so I don't really want to change much that I do in my set, but it would be nice to add a few more gems in there when it's time to get to that point to perform it so again. So you but do like the same like set I said, most like, times? Well, I, pretty much I try my best to um, mix it up, but I have like intros and shit that I'll go in between. And, and I, you know, it's 
it's an intricate set, you know, stop stops for acapellas and different things, you know, that I throw in there. And so I don't really like to throw too much in the mix to throw off the, the, the whole mix of the whole set. You know what I mean? Because if I'm not, if I'm not performing with a DJ, the set is a 25 minute set that's already pre-mixed all together. You know what I mean? So I know where to go when da, 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 everything's, everything's uh, theatrically fucking planned out. But um, if I have a DJ, then, then, you know, it's easier. DJ, drop the next one. You know what I mean? Like, come on, hit me with something, you know, like and it, whatever the fuck you got to say. But um, I don't really like to throw new ones in there because I feel the people already really, really, when I, when I go, when I revisit a city, they're waiting for those songs again because now they heard them, right? They want to hear that. Oh my God, that one you came last time with, it was amazing. Let's look at it a little differently. I want to hear Dreams because that's the one that I learned the chorus to. Yeah, but it's really hard to have that one because there's two other pieces in the song. And I can't guarantee those two other pieces will have the exact same schedule. You could totally do the medley shit where you cut half the song. No, 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 no. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I thought a lot about that because there's tracks I want to perform. I didn't say I can't do it. It's just I don't want to. Do that's it. fair. Because like, I'm in that position. I'd rather have them perform their own shit. You know, like I, I, I'm just never been that guy. I have, I have really crazy classic songs with my group that'll probably never be heard again because we're you know not not creatively on the same level right now you know we're not seeing the same visions as at the moment I'm not saying we're not going to be a group forever but you know at the moment we're in different paths and uh and that's fine it's it, it's cool with me because it's it, it's relaxing really <laughs> i mean i just say it because personally i'd totally fuck with um I'd, I'd fuck with that i would fuck with another willie scandals album i listen to that shit just now that was the first time i heard it in full because honestly i never went to tribe before today yeah um, i mean i've had it but like i never really went to it before today and then i was sitting there going this is a really solid fucking album like it's it's pretty fucking solid it's versatile <laughs> does a lot of things um and it made me go i want a new willie album so that's why i brought it up like that. <laughs> I mean, I understand what you're saying because I go through the same conversations with myself. Like, how the fuck do you... Everyone tells me, don't do a third verse again. And I'm like, I dropped a six-minute and 40-second song on my last... Or, and like, two projects ago. I'm like, you're telling me not to do a third verse. I'm like, I want to do nine-minute epics sometimes and shit. Yo, what's up, cool (laughs) man, Logan? Welcome to the stream, CL. So it's like... CL? I feel like... With your imagination, you can just do what the fuck you want, dude. Oh yeah, that's that's what I'm planning to do. It like since um, what was the last one? The last one. Uh, I did the Christmas song. There, what was it called? Uh, Xmas on the Res. I was fine. I did that one. I did the Xmas on the Res. Then I did um, I did Fighting Words, but I didn't really release Fighting Words. And I just played it on the show and I gave it to a couple of people in their inboxes. Um. I have another one coming out titled uh, Oh Mike God. And uh, they're all completely fucking different than one another. Oh. And I just think so, that uh, that's what I'm going to do for a little while is give a couple of singles and then add maybe one or two of them to my current set. And then that, that'll be what I'm going to be working right. with stop worrying from about here on the, out. Because if you stop worrying about, if they, if they, if you stop worrying about the if live show. If we start show, getting though, booked for shows, what's that? Stop worrying about the live show. Cut that out, and you sound like you're 17 dropping music. 
<laughs> I think if you like, like you can like, look at it like this. If you put out like, and I'm just spitballing it here for the sake of it. If you put out 30 songs next year or this year or whatever, and they're all different and weird, who the fuck knows what your next single could be? And then you don't have to worry <laughs> about performing this shit. You're just putting it out. Yeah. You can still do your set. You're just putting it. Dude, I don't even bother to fucking memorize. Oh, yeah. if uh, you're, you're being cropped a little bit. If you can go down. <clears throat> there you go. Yeah, because I'm cropping the window. Anyway, thank you, yeah, Critical. Yeah. Critical pointed that out to us. Yo, Critical's been riding the whole time. Shut up, fucking Critical. You know what it is, man? It's because I'm not square. I don't fit in the square circle. Ah, that's fucking funny. But, like, <laughs> I, I don't memorize my songs to perform them anymore. Like, I, I didn't get a lot of performing opportunities in the last few years, but I kept putting out music because I fucking enjoyed that. And I thought to myself, why worry? I only have, like, three or four songs I want to perform for real still. Like, I, I got, like, what, two, three ones I should probably perform. Those are the ones. And then maybe I'll find a new the one if I get, like, lucky in there. But trust, like, there's, I know that, like, oh, man. there's two or three I should do and the rest are, like, flavor, you know? I know I know you can't chase after the one. That's definitely something you can't do. You can't, I got to do that lose weight jam again. Like, you're never going to capture that magic again. You just got to find it elsewhere. Lose weight's the second That's one. That's what I've learned. The lose weight is the second one that happened to me, so now I think I can do it a third time, because I have my song. There you go. That's what I mean. That's you're not you're not you're not capturing the same the same. You know what I mean? You're finding more magic mm. elsewhere. But I think I would perform lose weight at every fucking set because yo, you start. Oh, definitely. Sh- that's man. a that's... show starter. That's the one that like you hear those the drums one... kick in. I come on dancing and shit like a fucking buffoon. Yeah, man. <clears throat> the one that gets everybody up. Now they know the show's coming. But I don't have it. But then it's like. I might put out however much shit. I don't know. I started recording again. I want to do more of it, so I feel the bug again. That's fun. I'm gonna to talk to my sound <laughs> engineer again. So it's, the bug is yeah, out. but I mean, like, um, as far as like music and recording and shit, um, I don't know. I, I, I want to do another Lifers album with Critical since he's here. He knows that we got a couple of beats already in our inboxes that we're supposed to be getting to, but we haven't really worked on anything creatively. Um, brought any ideas yet to the table, but the beats are sitting there. They're waiting for us. Wow. Um, I have another project that I'm working with yourself. Yeah. That uh, we're slowly piecing together. Trust. My um, side's all aware of it. Yeah, but as far as um, as far as like solo shit, man. Like I said, I'm gonna do a couple of singles here and there. But, I, but to be I, fair, I like the, if I like you're the doing group, group albums. I don't see it. I never like really said solo. I was more like I wanted to hear more Willie Scandals. Like I'm not really saying it has to be solo. Like yo, I'm really into the group album idea. Actually, it's fucking cool. Yeah. Yo, those five tracks or four tracks that it took me 90 minutes to write four tracks that my name might appear on. Like that is the fastest. <laughs> I've never been more into group albums in my life. I didn't even know it was like yo. I don't have to write the whole shit. Just four fucking. Just that chunk? Fuck me. That's the easiest part no, is that chunk each time. We didn't get the choruses yet. We got our verses. We didn't get the choruses Man, yet. So. Choruses are easy peasy lemon squeezy with and this I think, many I people. Think, I think like two of the five beats already has a vocal chorus in it. So, so there chorus, might not be nothing to add. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. All of us can drop a hook one time. Anybody can oh, get yeah. that done. Everybody's fine with that. Yo, Ismail's got a dope ass question though. Do you like? What's up? Oh, and shout out Jamal Hussein. Uh, do you like making? What up, Jamal? 
Do you like making an album produced by many producers or by a single producer? Um, if you listen to my solo album, Welcome to Willy World, I only have three producers on there. Uh, Too Bad did pretty much 90% of the beats. I have one beat by um, Moses out in Aguazasne, and I have one beat by DJ Native out in South Dakota. So everything else is too bad. So I guess to answer that question, I prefer one producer or a team of producers working for the one project. Um, when we did the Lifers album, LifeWise with Critical, we had two producers making the beats and we had one in-house producer slash engineer while we recorded. And they all had their input on the productions. So if you're going to, for me to sit down and do an album, um, you could you could ask Critical, he'll vouch for you. When we did that Lifers album, we um, we sat down for four Fridays in a row, I think it was. Four out of six weeks, I think it was. Four four recording sessions over six weeks of mixing and like anyway six weeks basically took the little project over over six fridays and um like i said fridays was my night we finish work we record until the fucking break of dawn and uh just keep it moving you know so when we did that album we made sure that we had the, the group of producers for that one we had two bad and we had um golden grams and scott oceans and they were all working together to uh make sure we had a nice sound that was uh, united so for me when i want to want to work on a project like that I, I prefer if the producers are all the same because you'll have more of a vibe more of a more of a a unique um blend of fucking of sounds uh something that matches something that people will remember it's kind of like uh if biggie were to say the lumberjack red and black lumberjack with the hat to match well the flows in the rap should do the same fucking thing you know mm. that's dope <clears throat> so I I don't know I don't know what else to say at that moment my brain blanked I mean just every produce every album I've ever been a part of it's been the same producer you know? like I've never I never did multiples you know like that like multiple producers it's just I don't know it just doesn't seem organic I don't know I kind of feel you I would like to say I've done it differently but for real reals my first project was not really an album per se. It was really just a collection of what I had put out and I just stuck it together yeah. and called it an album. But like individually, the songs were organic, but the album wasn't. It was just what I had. I'm going to be real with y'all. Yeah. Then I made the next album and it was mostly one guy. And then the next lady threw in some beats and then one beat from the next guy. But Oh, Montreal, actually. So I was blessed. Um, yeah. And that was it. It was three people. And then the next project was one dude, just Alabama. And I'm like, I don't know. There you go, man. Like, it's, I don't know. Like, I kind of have never even, like, thought about the idea of working with multiple people. Like, the, guys the project. Like ask that. The project that I'm doing with you guys, uh, that's so far the five beats we have is all one producer. Yeah, who is that so producer? That, his name is Bearded Beats from Cornwall. That's blessed. I had no idea. Um, we were using. We used to be on the same uh, record label before called JB Entertainment out in Cornwall. He was signed as a producer. We were on as the Beat Vandals. But um, the Beat Vandals album was the only one that I've ever done where there was multiple producers. Because, like, there's nine guys in the group, so everybody was grabbing beats from wherever they could, wherever they liked, mm. wherever they found, you know. So everybody was bringing different beats to the table when we did that album. That's interesting, Stills. Like, 
I want to do more group stuff. I know that. Um, everything I've done has been very soloistic up until the last little while uh, when the internet made me play nice with others. Honestly, the internet made me play. I'm not. I wasn't great in person with people until like even. But like by the time you met me with the interviews, like I'm in my thirties. Okay, like I'm I'm all right, you know. But I well, that's it, man. I was gonna tell you that, man. I was I was very nervous about this interview today because uh, when we first met, I felt like uh, I had to fucking guide you and help you through it. And now you've taken over so much. You've you've been killing it. You've been destroying interviews, crushing everything left, right, and center. I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what the fuck to expect this time. <laughs> um, well, it's more like, you know, you don't, I wasn't really, sh I didn't have a structure. I don't know about guiding, but like, I I just, it was like this, but worse. <laughs> like, I knew what I was doing, but like, uh, worse, you know, like, and I was always curious, because if you'll notice, we kind of went through your story. That is kind of what I yeah. was trying to do. and. Yeah, we went over, but we still kind of went through your story. But it was just not nice. It wasn't like, I mean, my presence definitely wasn't in the same place as it was. I'll give you that. Yeah. But um, you're also fucking huge. And, like, I just met you for the first time. Like, <laughs> like you know, like, some, it's it's different in person, honestly. To do the interviews in person is a very different experience than it is to do it over a Zoom. I don't know that I would have been like I'm comfortable in front of this camera in a way that I'm less comfortable with people in person. I'm certain at this point I could crush that motherfucker because I'm good at it. But like, um, yeah, but, but like, it's just then I'd done what like ten, well, twenty five percent of the number of interviews I'd done. You know, I was learning. Plus, yours one was long, right? Like, it was one of the... Like, they had gotten progressively... Like, it went from, like, 45 minutes to an hour. And then they just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And I didn't even know how to do long interviews. And then I... Now I feel noticed I'm, like, fucking chain-smoking joints. So I had to, like... <laughs> but, like, I wasn't doing that back then. You know, I wasn't really smoking on camera quite the same. And that was really came with Twitch. When I said, well, there's no fucking way I'm going live and not smoking. So I just kind of embraced it more. But I used to like, yep. you never saw me smoke on camera before that. But it's good though, because it, it could help your brand a lot, man. The cannabis industry is huge oh, out here, man. And we're real man. close to it. Yo, I had to spend like my whole life hiding it and shit, you know, like my whole fucking <laughs> life. Um, I got a. Ismail. When I went to the cannabis cup for the first year. Uh, Ismail would like to know if you could speak more on Tribe and what it is and all of anything you can promote them for it because yo nobody's heard of Tribe, so you got to take the opportunity to talk <laughs> about Tribe a little bit because it's blessed. It's a really cool fucking concept. Um, tribe Music is a profit sharing um, platform for streaming music. Um, you can go go down there. You could uh, subscribe to the whole entire uh, list of um, of artists or you can subscribe to individual artists. When you subscribe to the whole entire list of artists, everybody gets a percentage um, equally split down the middle. Uh, if you subscribe to an individual artist, you get all their music. Um, I put exclusive songs there. There's songs that you won't hear anywhere else. I put them exclusively there, so uh, it gives you something to go there for. Um, <clears throat> I'm not a... I'm not an iTunes guy. I'm not a, I'm not a, um, a Spotify guy. So I put all my stuff on Tribe Music because it's an indigenous-owned um, platform, and I try to help out 
my people as much as possible wherever it goes. Um, a lot of the times when it comes to uh, collecting the profits from a tribe, I don't even, I don't keep them. I, I donate it to the Dunawage Food Basket here. So whenever, you, whenever you're subscribed to me, it's going directly back to the community anyhow. I is a huge part of why I subscribed. Um, Bonnie's like, Bonnie's really like one of the biggest advocates that you would ever meet for the indigenous community ever. That I like, I, I'm like nothing compared to her, you know. Um, <laughs> like you know, anytime I use that particular word after I was given a lecture from her to remind me that it's bad because she cares that much about the situation and, and then she reminded me of history and shit and I'm like okay <laughs> and she's like she knows a lot so like I thought about it more on that front too it's like I don't know that I care as much about supporting Willie like that as I care about supporting tribe like that that was yeah. honest that I mean like, for, for me it was um, it was it was an easy decision because of what it stands for you know they're, they're just trying to help out artists that I mean, if, if you go to that site and you look up where some of these artists are from and the conditions that they live in and they still manage to fucking come out with quality sounding music and shit, like, I don't know how it's even possible, to be honest, man. I've been to these communities. I've toured to these places. And uh, I've always been blown away by how they overcome the circumstances. You know what I mean? So whenever, whenever I'm able to fucking throw a couple of dollars back, whether it's fucking one subscriber a fucking month, or if it's, you know, 400 subscribers in total, whatever the hell it is, I just want to make sure that somebody is going to be overcoming circumstances by the little bit that I chipped in to help. You know, that's the least I could do as a human. You know? well, that's the way people probably should be though. And I say that cause like you really care sincerely and deeply about your community and your people and well, it's just not it's not just us i do these events all over the world too like don't, don't think for a second that when i'm touring france i'm not uh passing the hat around for 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 uh a handicapped person that happens to be at the show or 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 to help out someone's mother that just passed away i mean we we do all kinds of crazy things at so all times like there's, there's always a cause to help out and we use the power of music to make sure it works like i know that you do your music for miracles and shit thing and i know you yeah. do a whole lot of altruism with your music but i i wouldn't have thought that you pass hats around in france unless you said it really you kind of need to tell oh, us yeah. that you do this stuff not because you're bragging here's the thing I had this conversation at work a lot where sometimes some people don't like to brag about their charitable or great actions because they feel like it's not necessary or it defeats the purpose. But when people in your position in life do great things and then share it with the rest of the world, it inspires other people to mimic, yo, you think now I'm not thinking, yo, I can pass a hat around and you know, like I'm already getting this idea that I didn't even have before because I didn't even know Willie was doing it. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, there's been so many times, like, uh, especially when I was performing in, in the inner cities and and uh, you go to the Native Friendship Centers within, like, Winnipeg and Calgary and Montreal. And the people that you meet there are so fucking wonderful, but they're going through hell. So when we were doing our events, that's when we that's when we decided we're going to pass this hat around. Because when you're standing inside the venue and you're too warm and you got to take your sweater off because it's too warm backstage. Well, there's a guy outside that's homeless. That's too fucking cold. 
and can't even get in the venue. So let's pass the hat for that guy that's sitting outside, you know, like help him out, man. Maybe he just needs a warm meal and a fucking cozy place for an hour, you know, whether it's a fucking hourly motel, fuck, whatever it is, go take a fucking shower, you know, like whatever we can get, you know, like it's, it's, it, it should be this way, but you know, we try. That's why it's like, it's like fucking cool to hear you talk about it. Like, I know it's weird. But it's a brave thing for you to just talk about it like that and to put that side of yourself out there. And it's uncomfortable, and I understand that. But that side of you resonating is going to resonate with, like, a lot of people. And honestly, it's probably going to help you get more people to go bump your music a little bit. And I'm not saying <laughs> you should do it for those reasons. Believe it or not, no, man, no. I try to paint pictures as realistically as I see them, which sometimes comes off like I'm a pretty dark person with how I frame things. But... <laughs> I had to Google cause marketing at work, right? So cause marketing is when companies partner with charitable organizations to leverage people's empathy to buy shit. It's a yeah, real thing. For sure. But do you know what I happens? Know. Trees get planted and like a lot of good shit happens from some dark things. <laughs> so like, yeah, <laughs> but like when you look into the effectiveness of cause marketing, you're like, yo, a lot of these places don't honestly exist unless companies act like assholes about it. <laughs> and it's weird, right? Like, so like it's it's backwards and, and not like what anyone is culturally used to, but more people are gonna do good if we brag about our charitable actions than if we don't, is basically what I think. Necessarily call it bright and i think it's bringing awareness you know like letting letting people know that we it's not always the person's fault they're in that situation and it's not it's not an addiction that got them there yeah, I agree. it's none of that shit right. it's, I don't like that's that's either. all just stereotypes you know what but i mean like, and i don't even sometimes we just gotta help them out man you know pull put a hand out and it might help fucking change the guy's life maybe next time you see him he'll be fucking hiring you to your job you know I don't like to brag about that shit either, though. Like, I say this almost to, like, myself, too. Like, I do do some good things for people that nobody's ever heard of. <clears throat> and I just don't like to share it. Like, the fuck do you need to yeah. know about how good I am? I'm a motherfucking asshole. I swear. Like, I spent, like, <laughs> half my life saying that shit. And I'm like, I mean, I don't want to brag about some of the micro things I do. But, like, maybe if i frame my life more like i give a shit about everyone like willie's doing it's a cooler thing and i talk about community more people like it more because it's like better ways to live so it's not like bragging i think maybe advocating advocating for different lifestyles might be a better way to put it <laughs> that's what it is really comes down to man it's like whatever whatever makes you fucking happy is what you got to do in this life man like you, you you're guaranteed to die so make it fucking fun <laughs> shit that was fucking serious man that's that's hard you know like it's the truth there's only one fucking goal right like the race to the end you know so i mean fucking make it fun while you're here make it memorable you know do your best to fucking make sure the generation before i mean after you remembers you you know because like i want a wikipedia page that's it, man. Like, <laughs> I want a park named after me. That's all I want is oh, a mini really park. <laughs> I want a library. I want this, like, fat-ass library. Knowledge Nugget Center. <laughs> no, nah, I want the Holden Stefan Roy Pavilion. Yeah, but... Uh, I like that. 
how far are books gonna go down the line in history though forever my guy are they still gonna be needed yeah I mean, it's gonna be like the Mayan calendar. They burnt them all. They destroyed all of them. There's only one left. Yeah, but like <laughs> in the concept of physical books, maybe not. I can't really say that I think print media has the hugest future. But as a niche item, for dude, like I buy books still. Like I put. I buy books too. And, and I know a lot of people who buy books because there's just something to the physical essence of turning a page as a pleasure item that like cannot necessarily be replicated until VR gets that good. In which case, fuck that. VR is that good. I'm okay with that shit. Yo, if I have some <laughs> virtual shit that makes it that good that it lets me turn a page and it feels that way, okay, I'm in. I need to feel that weight though. If I don't feel that weight in my hand when I read that book, that's not the experience. I have a hard time putting stuff on my body, so I don't think I could do the VR thing. Um, I, like, eh, I don't like the. Eh. I know it's a weird one, but then you do on a roller coaster and you're like, yo, this shit's actually, I want to do that. Fuck again. that. You get on those things? <laughs> no, but the VR roller coaster is fucking crazy. Cause like, no way, man. Or the, I don't know. But dude, like, I, I I've been remember. on one roller coaster in my life. <laughs> really? I went on. Oh, I didn't get those fucking things. I went to like La Ronde when I was in high school. And I remember that I was with cadets and like people. And so I had to be cool. <laughs> And so I got on the fucking boomerang as my first roller coaster, and yo, that shit was a, a, a weird experience. You know, because nobody tells you that you're gonna get like jerked around and shit like a fucking pinata. So I was not ready for it, right? It was good though. I'm into it. I'm into roller coasters. I did all of the ones that around, all of the ride. I've never talked uh, about the ride on this the shit. One Which one? The Goliath is the only one I tried. You like it? That one's oh, big, though. That. That's a scary one. That's, that's the that vert drop, right? Where it's just like... Oh, yeah. But uh, I couldn't back down, man. Uh, I told my girl, I said, well, go to, I'll bring you to Lerone, you know, because I'm not a Lerone guy. I'm not an amusement park. I don't really care much about the adrenaline junkie shit, you know. I used to be a hockey goon, so I had my adrenaline. My knuckles hurt today. So um, <laughs> we went to fucking... Uh, we went to Lerone and... Um, I told her, I said, I'll get out one ride with you, but I uh, I get to pick and I'll tell you when I'm going to do it. You know, So we walked around. She got on all her rides. She enjoyed the whole day. We got all the good snacks and all the great stuff that comes along with the trip to uh, Lerone. And on the way back to the parking lot, she's like, well, you owe me something. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm going to get on the Goliath. She's mm -hmm. like, no way. You're going to get on the biggest one on the way out. I said, yeah, we're leaving. So I can get on that, get in the car and get the hell out of here. You know, like. So we're walking towards the Goliath, and now I'm starting to second guess this shit because I've never been on this. I never experienced this. This is this is this is insane for everything I've ever done. You know, like I don't leave the. I, I, at the time, I've never left the ground. I've never been on a plane at, at, at that time. <sighs> so here I am walking towards the Goliath parking lot, and the little kid runs by. It's my third time, and he's got the T-shirt on and everything. Yeah, I got the Goliath shirt, man. And he's all proud, and I'm like. And there's no way to back out now. <laughs> you know, once you see an eight-year-old do it, you're done. You got to. <laughs> yes. Now we continue, right? We get on the ride. We get in our seat. They pull us up. They come over the top with the with the strappy thingy. They click it in. And now we're getting prepared to lift off. Oh, it's fucking terrifying with the, the clicks. So now the now the second guy comes around and he does a security check to see if you're strapped in, right? He does the security check. Everything's good. Everything's good. Now the clicking starts. Click, 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 
click, click, and you're lift, you're going up, you're elevating, you're elevating. Right now we get to the top of the fucking the drop, the first drop. We get there, and I look down and I get super scared, right? And I grab the fucking safety thing, and it clicks like six times and locks in. Oh fuck! So now in my head I'm thinking this thing is not even working, and. Oh man, I fucking went for the ride of my life and I'll never do it again. <laughs> so that one is a very intense experience. I'm not going to lie cuz it's like a vert fucking drop. Like it's the <laughs> steepest angle for fucking real there. Like it's intense. That first one <laughs> and what it does is it click click clicks and it pauses for a second and it leaves you suspended. Yeah. So you're not like ready for it cuz when you think it's going to drop it doesn't drop and then it just drops like like it's a fucking jump scare in a fucking video game and it's oh. Oh. Yeah, but they're really like cool like that. Like because I think about it, they have the monster too, which is the wooden one. Yeah, the monster was cool. But the monster ha has like this weird feeling when you're on it, like it's just gonna fall apart. And then I realized that's deliberate. Like they designed it in a way where yeah. it feels like it's just gonna the whole thing is gonna fall. Like it shakes and shit. And I'm like, that's fucking a that's a design choice. That's fucking fire. Like it's it's cool though. It's not like scary. <laughs> Like, I don't find the monster was ever terrifying, but, but like, you really think about it, like, yo, is this motherfucker going to break on me? Like, you really think that, even if you're not afraid. I've, I've heard of that. I, I won't do it, man. No way. <laughs> what about, like, other rides that are not roller coasters? No, man, I'm not, uh, no, no. Not I even the log ride? I don't like being spun and spinning all busy. I'm not cool with that, man. What about... But let's go in a different direction with this. The bumper cars. Oh, I'll fuck some bumper cars up, man. I could res ride like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. I'll take everybody out. <laughs> That's fucking dope. We're going reverse. <laughs> nah, for, for real, bumper cars are cool, man. Definitely fuck with bumper cars. Um, <laughs> anyhow. Um, so at this point, do you have any like last words that you want to say to the peoples and things? Cause it's getting to like ten thirties and I don't know. Right on. It's it, it's like, hunger time. A little bit, yeah. And uh, it's probably good. I'm like, we're talking about that, Rowan. I'm like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Like, hey man, we missed the outdoors. What are you gonna say? I do. I'd like I could probably keep talking about random shit, but then I'm like Like I would literally go to Larone right now. If I would it was too. open. I would go. I would go too, but no I take that back. Cause do you know why I don't like Larone? I went to Larone back in high schools and shit. Sorry, Bonnie, we're doing this. I don't care. I went to Larone back in high schools and shit. And like it was like affordable, like thirty five dollars to get in that motherfucker. Um, <laughs> and the food wasn't terrible, but yo, honestly, we would all smuggle the foods in, so we would bring like the drinks and oh, shit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I one time went and I was with this girl, and I'm like 18, 19, and she's like, Let's just get food there. And I'm like, Okay, oh my gosh, dude, like it could cost you like 150, no problem to eat there if you were to like try to satisfy your hunger on that round's food. It is so fucking expensive, everything. Oh, yeah. Like, it is insanity yeah. to me. And it only got worse. Coolers with ice in the car. But then they invented that motherfucking uh, fast lane, uh, right? So I was there before yeah. the fast lane, and I was there after the fast lane. And so the fast lane changed shit. All of a sudden, the hour line turned to a two-and-a-half-hour line because the fast lane motherfuckers was always cutting the line. 
and now yeah. now I realize that to go to a, a, a the part of the run properly, you gotta buy the fast lane, or it's not even worth doing anything. And I'm like, yo, I'm well, not spending. Yeah. Yo, you you spend. You don't want to stand in line for two and a half hours, right? Like you really don't. Like it's like no, man, you no spend so much fucking uh-huh. money to be there just to watch motherfuckers man, it's, cut it's the like, line. And then I just it's like lost survival interest. right now. I'm still skipping. I'm skipping Walmart, man. I'm like, I ain't waiting two hours to get in Walmart. I'm past this shit. Um, so like for Larone, I'm definitely not standing in line. <laughs> but it's it. Like so, it's like now the cost to go went from like thirty five. I felt an hour was a reasonable amount of time to wait. I felt like now the time to wait in line got too long. And now it costs like literally two hundred fifty dollars a person to go if you want to do it right. <laughs> and I'm like, well, That's if, you get, if you get the if you get the season pass earlier, you can get it for like fifty bucks. But then you still need like the fucking skip the line passes when you get there, and you still need the you know what I mean? Like, it's not. Yeah, but if you have the season pass, then it's worth the two hour wait because you can go ten times a year. I don't want to stand in line for two hours at any time. I can't smoke fucking pot. Dude, I'd, I'd be high getting in the know, line, that's, that's and I'd be sober halfway through, and I wouldn't even be allowed to spark one. That's Anyway, that's where I'm at with life. Yeah, you know, that like, sucks. Do that. That's, that's garbage. You'd be able to spark anywhere you want. Yeah, but it is what it is. That's like no, I'm okay with not doing it around kids. I want to be abundantly clear. My ethos does not have yeah. smoking weed, and La Ronde is a kid-friendly place. I just wish they had uh, the Bud Corner. Have you ever been on Halloween? Uh, one time, but not like on Halloween. But I did the haunted it's house shit. Dope, I did the haunted house shit where they turned the Nintendo's zone into yeah, the. Haunted... That was that was lit. That was lit as fuck, my guy. They do dope Halloween shows there, man. I'll give them that. That's for sure. Mm, I really, I really enjoyed that, man. I used to like that because I went with that girl a few times. We used to in the around in like the woods next to. It was a good time. <laughs> well, that's what I'm. Uh, that's that's actually something that I work on outside of music. For those that don't know, I do a haunted woods out here. I help out. Uh, I play Jason in the haunted woods. Um, it's a crazy. Uh, it's a crazy time. So if you ever, if if we ever get back to what we called normal, check out James Day's haunted woods and uh, during the Halloween season. It's a fucking crazy time. It's world renowned. We've been in newspapers across the world. Um, it's the top five haunted, uh, house in Canada. They say the biggest in our area of Montreal. So it's worth, it's worth the shot. It's an outdoor adventure through the woods of Ganawage with a whole bunch of your favorite scary fucking freaks. And, uh, we destroy it, man. We, we have people running and screaming for fucking blocks. <laughs> That's a, no, we saw pictures of it actually. Cause last year Willie was doing it. Um, he had a kicking it live on that day. And so he went yeah. live. And you can hear some screamings and shit or whatever, I think. Or maybe I'm imagining yeah, that. Yeah, well, that was um, that was the COVID version. We had to do a haunted drive-by mm. right in the street, right here in the neighborhood. Because James Day, who runs the show, is my neighbor by two, his two doors over, right? So we had to do a haunted drive-by because of the COVID restrictions. And we couldn't be in the woods where we were attract thousands of people on the normal. You know what I mean? So... We had it right here in the street, and you were able to hear all the screaming. And the, yeah, we we still did a crazy show. It was for a good it being one. Right here in the street, there were some videos online that I think exist for it that were like really cool about yeah. it. Yeah. Mm, that... Those are some uh, things that I do outside of music and entertainment. It's still entertainment though, man. It's fucking fun, man. I to get someone like me to shut up and play Jason is just it's just total polar opposites, you know. <laughs> but that's what Halloween's about, my guy. When we, we dress that's it. You get to play. be whoever you want for one day. 
That's dope, though. Though I appreciate you coming through, really. I think you're an interesting dude, and uh, I really enjoy talking about shit. I don't even know what these second episodes or whatever supposed to be. I call them interviews. <laughs> it's just a loose term to have a discussion. Uh, I don't oh. know. I, I'm just getting curious. It's, easy, it's easier in the viewer's eyes and ears to call it an interview because that's what they're going to expect. One guy talks, the other guy responds, but... Uh, yeah. When we get together, it's just it's just it's just no, banter. Well, so I, I mean, there's a bit of a system to it, though. You'll notice in the earlier half, I talk less and I talk a lot yeah. more because you because it was funny. It was you who pointed out that two hour thing. Uh, yeah, man. And then I said, "Oh shit, I'm gonna double down on that post two hour thing." <laughs> and the two hour point is like I can start really talking now. So I actually wait yeah. for it because Willie Scandals pointed it out to me. I wasn't doing it on purpose. So there's a bit of a system to it, but, um, but yeah, occasionally the guests have asked me questions like once or twice, um, which is fine. Uh, but I don't know what they're going for. Like, I, I think like one guy would try to like twist some shit on me and then I'm like, and not like a negative way, but like, <laughs> try to catch me off guard. And I'm like, you're not going to catch me off guard, my guy. Um, I think Don Smooth <laughs> did it though in a more graceful way. And it was more fun. Don Smooth was fucking fun. Um, yeah, Don Smooth's good, man. He'll catch you. No, I, I, my guy, you're not gonna catch me off guard when I'm online like this. I mean, I, and if you do, I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, fucked up. Like, I can say that like it's daddy. It's like not for me to say that. I get told I fuck up by Bonnie every day of my life, and I love her for it. You know, like it's it's just what it is. And then you learn to love her, and then it gets easier to. That's admit. what we. That's what we. Uh, that's what we keep them there for to keep us in check. Mm. <laughs> no, she keeps me grounded. I realize that. Like, yeah, definitely. I am straight up a dreamer. I, my head is in the fucking clouds and shit. Like, I have a lot of trouble remembering what like regular people, and I don't mean it like that, but like, what like the average person thinks like anymore. <laughs> like, I don't know how to describe it. It comes out Dude, so I, get you so much. But, like, I understand that. I read so many books. I've done so many fucking things that have deviated from standard life paths at this point in my life that, no, I'm not really normal by any conventional standard because I don't do <laughs> Normal people don't finish their day job and jump on Twitch seven days. Of, not, and I'm saying it because out of a the, literally a population density standard normalized you know normal is about the average it is a word that has a very particular meaning it is what's regularly normal in your generalized locale so nah my shit's not typical so it's hard for me to like you know reading messes me up man he's not even like i read 110 fucking books in three years it's my biggest flex fuck everything else i've done in my life that is the coolest good, shit man. i that's, ever that's did in lot, my man. life and i say it i can't even say i touched 130 books in that much time 110 but whatever 130 I'm, nah, I'm, 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 I'm only on book two this year trust it's over but i'm i'm like to me this is like i get to have the podcast in my face like this is the podcast people watch to learn shit but it's my podcasty thing so i get to do i guess it is yeah. maybe a podcast for a simple sake but i realized yo i don't learn as much in books but motherfuckers be teaching me shit like fucking three four times a week on camera it's dope <clears throat> <laughs> yeah man it's definitely better when uh you just you just find it from conversation right because mm. literally we're just talking about random things and then there's just random knowledge nuggets in between better is the a conversation. Very different word i would argue it's different this is good entry level shit but not nah, a book is where i'm gonna learn about some shit that like i can bring back to the conversation yeah for sure 
and uh that i find like really what i don't know like because yo i don't even think like people think i'm like super whatever but it's really i just read so many books on enough topics that like yo you start finding top level patterns and shit and once you find top level patterns you can basically come up with theories that fit like almost anything you don't even need to know about a topic anymore. I was once like you, Holden. I read a lot of fucking shit. No, but like, I had children and <laughs> I don't have kids. Facts. That's it. I man. don't have kids. Ah! Yep. Every time a parent That's says it, that buddy. to me, I'm like, "Yo, facts. You guys get like what three a year if you're lucky." <laughs> what are you? You're 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 you're, you're mid thirties almost now. I was already ten years into being a. A I don't want to call it my mid-30s yet. I don't know when it stops being your early 30s and starts being your mid-30s, but I like... It was my guess. I don't even know your age, I'm but I was just a guess. Okay, well, then you're early 30s still. But it's till like, the end of the year, and then I'm in my mid-30s. I, <laughs> I know it. I know Whatever, it. man. Not but anyways, at 33, I already had... Uh, I had an 8-year-old already at 33. Mm. You know what I mean? So... But, like... A lot, of, a lot of life changed in those years, from 25 to 33, you know? I just, um, I knew I can't do it forever, and I wanted to be able to say one time I read 60 books in a year, so. Oh, definitely, man. That's a hell of an accomplishment, man. I fucking, like I said, I haven't even touched that many books in three years. Yeah, but you learn on a lot of other ways, and you come from a culture, if I'm not mistaken, of oral storytelling as a heavy emphasis but for a tradition, so, like, I don't. I come from a culture of reading motherfucking shit. So like I think yeah. it's I've learned a lot about oral storytelling and history and shit and it really is valid. So like it is a valid learning source to have a yeah. bunch of organic conversations that teach you stuff. I don't know that it satiates me based on a speed thing. I read fast. So like I get more <laughs> quicker. Conversations are cool for context. Like when I get curious, conversations are good. You can like explain different yeah. things. But then I'm going to go read more after. And then I go back to curiosity. And then I go read more. You know, like it's a cycle that fuels each other. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, um, I would say over on my side of things, it's like um, the, the more we, the more we uh, connect with each other doing random tasks throughout the day, um, that's, that's where most of our knowledge is passed. Because, um, you know, like, like you said, the oral tradition there, the oral tradition of uh, storytelling. <clears throat> and um, when I'm say cutting wood with an elder you got like three hours man that's not a that's not a quick job you know you got you're there for quite a bit and you're gonna you're gonna hear about when i was when this was and you know a lot of those and and, and you got to learn to grab those and interpretate them into the best way you can to, to to modernize the way that it was then and and to teach your your youth that you have now like I mean, I, I could tell you so many crazy stories with these with these with these elders in the in, in the bushes and hunting and trapping and whatever the fuck you want to call it, living off the land. But uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of those are those are meant for you and being there, you know, experiencing it firsthand. Uh, I would suggest if you can look up uh, Mi'kmaq camp. It's a fishing uh, camp out in New Brunswick. Uh, you can go there and fish traditionally. It's a catch and release um, uh, salmon uh, fishing fishing industry. Um, they don't they don't eat any of the fish. It's all catch and release. But it's to the point that they bring you on hikes into the woods. They they teach you the plants. They teach you everything about surviving on Earth in case the grid shuts down. Mm -hmm. And um, 
those are the kind of things that I really like to pass along because, you know, we're going to need that eventually, man. We're going to have to get back in touch with this earth eventually one day. I think and that's it's good to, I'm glad you said that because <clears throat> all of my future plans involve like smaller. Honestly, as much as I love the city and I want to live in the city, I want most people to leave the city so that the city gets more blessed with less people. That's my honest yeah. opinion. But I do think that like smaller communities or like I also want like more community gardens and shit. Like it's really weird how capitalistic food is when you think about how much space is available to like grow fucking zucchinis and shit. <laughs> zucchinis and shit. I, mean, I love zucchini shit. I'm not like that into that shit in like an interest point of view, but like at a practical point of view. It feels like it would deal with a whole lot of problems if we just had, like, vegetable patches in parks and shit. <laughs> like, I mean, like... It would make sense, right? Like, why not plant fruit trees in the parks at all? You know, you could pick a fruit and continue on with your day, right? Yeah, like, just <laughs> fucking public shit. And then you're like, oh, cool, in July there's fucking whatever. I don't know any of the seasons. Don't ask me that shit for Yeah, yeah just follow like, the seasons. It's the, there. it's the principle of it all. And then, like, you know, at least for a minute, like, people then maybe don't have to spend as much money on food so they can stack up a couple dollars of savings and shit. So when that the winter comes and we can't maybe pull this off as easily, you know, and then you also get the knowledge of it. And, yo, I know for a fact you can buy, like, fucking indoor vegetable motherfucking growing kits and shit. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have the same, man. You need the sun touching it. Sure, but like we we live in a place where that shit's not going down six months a year, my guy. So we're just talking about definitely, 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 reality, definitely. you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyhow. For sure. <laughs> That's a whole nother one. <laughs> I appreciate you, really. All right. Um, we could. Uh, I definitely. We could have a whole nother convo on living off Earth, dude. That's why they <laughs> last this long. Cause half the time I'm just like, eh, fuck it, let's have the convo, let's do it, and then I get it. Yeah, but then you open up other door, you open up other doors and windows to other things you don't know about the person by constantly talking, continuously, the, continuing the conversations. It's good, man, cause this is what I do. If you like, we weren't on camera. But yeah, I do think it, I, I, we, we cover a whole bunch. I love it. I'm glad <laughs> we didn't stop then because we talked about fucking sustainable living. Like, Bonnie, <laughs> how cool is that? What I'm talking about, you know what I'm saying? A little bit. Look up sustainabilities and minimalisms and shit and then do it. Yeah, for real, man. And then don't feel bad if you can't do what the YouTubers do because your ass shit's whack to me. But whatever, it's the futures and I get it. Um, all right. Uh, do you have any final, final words for the peoples? And we're going to have all your links and shit in the descriptions. I'll just uh, plug the things one more time. You know, all the good thing things. Um, Kelly's Green Lounge on Facebook. Go check that out. That's where you can find Bongs, Papers, and Vapors. I'm a co-host alongside Co-Treasy, Trev Jones, and Rich Prince. Um, kicking it live with Willie every single Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Twitch, at Willie World. Go down to Tribe Music, subscribe to my music, get the, get the exclusive records for your collection. You can put it on whatever device you want. Um, if you're new here, subscribe to Behind That Suit. Mm. Hit that follow button. Do all that good shit because Holden's the motherfucking man. Shout out to Chris Chrome and shout out to Bonnie Bars. Yeah, Bonnie's the best. She started dropping bars, but it is Tuesday to cipher. Willie dropped yo, Willie went hard last week and Willie held his own and Willie did Willie did really fucking good. So yo, if you wanna see Willie rap for real reals, 
Tuesdays behind that suit, this very channel. But on that note, y'all know what it is. Thank y'all for being here for real. Those of you in the live, honestly, it's dope. Like, Political Canada, you fucking dope. Bonnie's dope. Ismail's dope. I know Jamal was here. You know, like, you a shout out Don Smooth for coming through. That's always so fucking cool. Ismail is always, that's fucking, like, you know what? It's nice to know that Ismail's going to be there. Like, it's fucking dope. I know one day Ismail <laughs> might get busy and that can't happen. He but, pops in every time, too. It's so dope. But, like, it's heartwarming at deep levels and shit. And then for those yeah. of you watching in the future, yo, shout out all of you, though, because you're cool, too. You're just not here right now, and you could be, but you're not. <laughs> so hit the follows and subscribes and shits in your world. And for those here, don't dip out quite yet. We're going right DJ Bobby Payne keep the music vibes going so make sure to stick around hit that follow fucking button when you get to dj bobby pains and shit special thanks to the patrons ismail gadamsey chris powder jonathan barnes dj black hurricane linda williams and scribble the dope the support will be due etc etc willie already plugged me on twitch but if you're in the future patreon.com slash behind that suit anyway on that note live long and prosper